Hey, this is Chase Sexton. You're listening to the Moto X Pod Show. Now, Peter, Piper, Pink Peppers, but run right, run, Humpty, Dumpty, fell down. That's his art, time, Jackie, nimble, what, nimble, and he was quick, but jam, mass, mud, faster, jacks, or Jay's dick. Pod Show 78, uh, another week uh, with TJ and Mark out in West Texas doing some oil field work. So I've got a uh, special guest sitting in that I will introduce here shortly. Uh, let's do some sponsor reads real quick. So as you guys know, the Moto X Pod Show is brought to you by Shock Socks, the original number one 10 second removable fork seal protector. No one likes replacing fork seals, so ask your local motorcycle shop about Shock Socks. Or go to BurnMotorsports.com. You can also find them on Instagram and Facebook. And if you're looking for a new set of graphics, you need to get with Shar at MX Girl Designs. MX Girl Designs specializes in vintage and modern MX graphics. She can do uh, pretty much any custom idea that you have, and you can think of anything you can think of at a great price. I love that already. I know Mark's laughing. Contact Charlene at char at mxgirl.com and follow her on IG. Tell her the Moto X Pod show sent you. And remember that char is C-H-A-R and girl is G-U-R-L. Also, when riding dirt bikes, protection is key. All sport dynamics wrist braces are the helmet for your wrists. Top riders like Weston Pike, Adam Ciancerillo, Joey Savacci, Austin Forkner, and Alex Ray as well as Major League Baseball players and NFL players and Pro Bowl riders trust All Sport Dynamics. Visit motocrosswristbrace.com for info and follow them at wristbraceguy on Instagram or email me at darksidemx3 at aol.com. Also, Five Star Roofing of Texas. If you're in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, Chad Mayo can hook you up with residential and commercial jobs. Uh, whether you're looking for composite or metal roofs, fences, custom patios, pergolas, or even metal buildings, Chad Mayo and Five Star Roofing of Texas can handle it. And they even offer a moto discount. They are also a proud sponsor of privateer John Short. Follow them on Instagram at Five Star Roofing of Texas or Facebook, Five Star Roofing of Texas, and also their website, Five Star Roofing of Texas.com. Give Chad a call at 214 402 8565. And tell them you heard about them on the Moto X Pod show. And uh, last but not least, uh, we've got a new sponsor that's been on a couple weeks, Amsoil. And uh, my, my, my special guest here, he, he knows a little bit about Amsoil. Uh, the Moto X Pod show is also brought to you by Mad Jack Synthetics. Dane Evans and Mad Jack Synthetics is an independent dealer of Amsoil synthetic oils. They are riders, racers, and just all-around fans of dirt bikes. Dane Evans is a nationwide is nationwide with customers and warehouses all across the USA and Canada. You know Amsoil supports Moto and is a leader in oil technology. Contact Mad Jack Synthetics at 805-531-9551 or at madjackdiesel.shopamsoil.com. Follow them on Facebook at Dane Amsoil Guy 
and Instagram at Dane underscore Evans 393. And as always, tell them the Moto Xpod show sent you. All right, so in the house tonight is Shane Huff. Shane, what's up, brother? What's going on, man? Been a, that been was a lot a, better. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you're, you're injured. Uh, we'll talk about it in a second. Um, that, was, that was a pretty embarrassing uh, opening read for me. So I hope you don't judge that. <laughs> oh, it's over. It's yeah. over. Yeah, it's not, e- it's not as easy as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> but anyway, so Shane, yeah, man, tell us what happened with your injury. And, t- you know, give us a little background on yourself and your racing. Well, let's see. Uh, I got into it 2015, so I really haven't been doing this a, a whole lot. You're pretty long. damn fast yeah, for only uh, riding that long. Put in a lot of work. Uh, rode with a bunch of great people like John Moeller, uh, the whole new talent group. Uh, man, we really wanted to go to Vegas, pick a destination race, you know, go do yeah. some Am's Old Arena Cross. And so uh, it was actually me and Moeller. We uh, went to the opening round in uh, Ohio. Uh, that went great. Come home from that. Uh, he decided to sit out for the next next few rounds, but I went to uh, Wisconsin and then did the uh, uh, Atlanta Supercross, which was part of our region. Uh, everything was on track to have a really good good finale, and uh, we showed up in Vegas with some high hopes and expectations and really put in the work to, to have a good showing. And uh, second heat race, things just didn't didn't line up that way. So we just got moved over on in the air, had to bail, broke tia, broke ankle, you know, a little hardware. We'll be back to it in a couple months. We'll be just a little downtime yeah. is all it is. Yeah, I've always wondered, because, you know, I've had a few injuries myself, and I've always wondered, like, if you're that far away, like, how miserable that must be to have an injury and be in the hospital when you're like, you know, 3,000 miles away. You know, you're, that you're was a, whether you're a kid or you're, or you're adult and married or whatever, like your mom can't come, your yeah. girlfriend can't come. You're yeah. just, that, that's really yeah. sucks. That, that, that was the hard part. Yeah. You know, everybody's just blowing up my phone and, and my social media and everything. Yeah. I'm trying to keep everybody informed, you know, that I was all right for the most part. Uh, but yeah, going to the hospital 3,000 miles away from home or, you know, 1,600. Uh, that was scary, you know, just trying to deal with that and seeing all these new faces and, and everything. And uh, the, the trip back, 28 hours in my moto bus on the way back with my leg bouncing around back there wasn't the best ride home. Oh, I can imagine. <laughs> and who was with you? Uh, I took uh, uh, my buddy uh, Jeremy Bunch of Bunch Performance. Uh, he come to mechanic for me and right. really stepped up because I didn't have nobody to go with me. Uh, my, my wife usually pits for me and does a great job at it. She had to stay home. Uh, so Jeremy tagged along, and uh, man, he took care of everything. He knocked so he had to out drive the drive the whole way home, huh? Whole way, uh. whole way. So, that's, I mean, that's one way of getting out of making that shitty drive. They, I got out of it. Man, the West Texas drive is <laughs> yeah. not fun. Yeah. That's a horrible part I, of the drive. I, I tell you what, I, I really know the the, uh, the whole uh, outside of my bike because I sat there and <laughs> stared at it for a really long time. I can imagine. So, but it, it's been better, but uh, it's also been worse. So we'll take yeah. it as it is, and uh, we'll come back stronger. I have no doubts about that. Well, I, I appreciate you coming over and sitting in. Uh, you know, like I said, with uh, TJ and Mark being out, we're going to ha- try to have some rotating guests, and I, I'm glad to have you in to to do I'm, this. You I'm know, we got a pretty great show tonight. Me. We've got uh, Western Power Sports Craig Martin on tonight, Geico Honda's Chase Sexton, Monster Energy Girl Kelly Cleland, and Matt Bashelia's dad, Don Bashelia, who is an extremely fast vet rider. <laughs> Probably taught everything Matty B knows, and yeah. maybe even saved a little bit for himself. Mm-hmm. So we got a pretty good show tonight. But let's uh, let's talk about outdoors. Uh, you know, we're, we're Hangtown coming up. Yeah, it's so close. Yeah, I'm so excited, close. man. I am too. You know, the, the beginning of the season is always great. We've got a couple injuries with Dino being out. You know, Vogel's um, not going to be back. We don't know what to expect out of Roxon. What do you think is going to happen? You know, who, who are you on board with? Pretty much everybody else that Eli and and 
Osborne I, are going to be your champions? I, I, I think that's a good, good bet, you know, especially for the opening rounds. Uh, everybody's going to be curious about Roxon. You said it best. Yeah. Uh, I'm a big fan of his. Oh, uh, yeah. I was really upset to see the indoor go like it did, but – he can't have too many of more of those, and that's going to be no. it. And so we'll we'll see how round one goes. But Tomac, he just dominates outside. He's so fast. Man, I just – well, with Roxanne, you know, the social media stuff looks like <laughs> he's not doing very well. He's yeah. not able to put full motos in. Now, he could be playing head games. Yeah. You know, we've heard Jason Weingant say that, and uh, Daniel Blair said that, that maybe it's head games. I don't feel like it is. He just doesn't seem the guy to to hide that. Like, to me, he, he'd be the opposite. As I, usually. I agree. I'm, I'm yeah. flying. I'm, you know, I'm ready to go. But for me, the most I'm excited about the most is uh, Blake Baggett. For sure. For sure. I he, think he Baggett's going to so make a run this last year. year. Yeah, definitely. I His mean, thumb's he's, good. Yep. And then even Barsha. Barsha was on fire at the beginning of Supercross. He really was. Really was. So I, I don't think it's going to be a Tomac runaway. I just uh, don't. Not for outdoors. I hope not. You know, I, I, I don't think it will be. Uh, he, he had a really good Supercross season minus – you know what the handful of bad races he yeah. had uh outdoors i don't i don't see him just running away with it like that there's too many hungry guys out there that want a piece of of, of what he's what he thinks he's going to get exactly yeah I, sure. I you know and jason anderson yeah. he, i mean look he did really great at donations two years ago for sure and you know i've heard rumor that he's told people chris cooksey in particular that he wasn't going to put much effort in outdoors but then i've also heard that he said, I don't want people to think I'm just a Supercross guy. Sure. That he wants to put, you know, some effort in. What do you think we'll see out of him? I think you're going to see really good finishes out of him, like we always do. Uh, with him coming off this championship win, he he's not going to sit back. I just don't see that happening. He's 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 not that type of guy either. Like you were right. talking about with Rocks and uh, social media, he's not that guy that just sits back and goes, oh, something's not, you know. So I'm just going to get through the day. No, that, that's not what he does. For sure. No, I think he's. I think he's kind of decided he's that next level guy, and he Agreed. wants to be a part of it. You know, and, and you know, again, I'm. I'm really disappointed seeing Dino go out. Like I love Dean Wilson. He's a good, great and, guy. And, you know, and then of course, who's going to get that ride? Yeah. I, I I texted Kyle Chisholm the other night. Said, "Man, are you going to go after it?" And he he said he asked for it, but he hasn't heard anything. So yeah, and I don't know. Yeah. We're what. Four days away? Four three days, days away? away already. <laughs> you would think if anybody was going to get on that bike this weekend, they would have yeah, they, probably said something yeah. by now. Yeah, they need. I mean, they need them. Somebody would have seen something because they've yeah. got to put in some time on the bike before they show up with it. Right. Uh, you never know. We may hear something tomorrow. It could be Thursday. Yeah, hell, it may be Saturday morning. They it may could be that, You never too. know in this sport. It could be that, too. You know, and then Alex Ray getting the uh, yeah. factory Yamaha ride for a few races. That's yeah. kind of cool. That is very cool. Very you're, cool. I mean, you're a pulp guy, too, right? You for listen, sure. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I, I love all his guys, you know, Definitely. whether it be Adam Entenapp or Alex Ray. <laughs> and I love those guys. And, and I, of course, I want to say right off the bat, um, congratulations I don't know if you saw on social I media. Did. did he get the, married? The seven deuce deuce proposed to Ash Money, yeah, who yeah. we had on the show a few weeks ago, yep. and that was one of the things we talked about. That's awesome. And yeah, I'm pretty stoked. You know, yeah. I, I mentioned that I had a chance to sit with Adam and Tyler at St. Louis, and I asked him, you know, how, and I didn't really say all the details on air because I didn't want to say what he said. But I asked him, you know, how do you feel about after you know Kiefer called you out about you need to propose, <laughs> and he his straight up said, "Dude, I want to," and yeah. he he was waiting until he had the ring that he felt was perfect and that was his reasoning man he, he said i you know rings are expensive and yeah. <laughs> i have it has to be right because she's the one yeah. 
And I'm, I'm a romantic dude, yeah. man. I'm kind of like a chick. So <laughs> I was pretty stoked. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's like, awesome. Definitely yeah. congrats to him. I mean, that, yeah, that, that's yeah. a good deal. Yeah, I think they're, they're, uh, that's going to be awesome. And, hell, Kiefer believes it's going to up up the seven deuce deuces program okay. because his home life would be right yeah, there so. you go and it does make a big difference yeah you know? i think so so hey we're, before we get to craig martin we're gonna call muscle mark real quick he muscle just gave mark. me the okay so we're gonna do a call on him real quick let me turn the phone back up so you guys just hang tight we'll see what he's doing out in west texas drilling hello muscle mark What's that? What's up, man? I'm in studio. Got Shane Huff in studio. What's up, Mark? What's happening, Pegway? How <laughs> oh man, just trying to get over this little little setback. Yeah, man, I feel bad for you. It's Working all good. Fun. Yes, sir. Hey, it happens. You know, all you can do is bounce back stronger. That's yeah. what dirt bikes do to you. That's huh? right. He got to uh, sit here and watch me butcher the the open the live reads. Oh, I'm sure it's fine. Well. <laughs> So before we get to Craig Martin here in a few minutes, I want to touch base with you and just get your opinions on Hangtown coming up. Like, what do you expect? Uh, you know, what do you, who are your? Give me your top three picks in each class. Uh, it'd be hard to bet against Eli, right? And uh, I don't know. I mean, I would say uh, Tomac, Baggett, and Muscan. Um, not not in any particular order, but okay. I just don't know what what to expect from Kenny right now yeah 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 well i'm kind of on the the opinion that he's not gonna be he's probably like 75 percent or less at least for the first few rounds that's just where i think right yeah i agree with that i don't see how he how he would be any further along than that right yeah it's pretty two significant injuries in the last two years and i mean good lord you know having the one bad arm is one thing now he's got Two bad arms, quote unquote bad. We don't know, but I mean, good lord! How you, like you and I know, and Shane knows as amateur riders how difficult it is to do what we do and to have two arms that aren't yeah <laughs> aren't perfect at the elite level of racing. I just can't imagine. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So, what do you think about uh, guys like Barsha, who I think is going to have something to do with this series, and, and and even Jason Anderson, our Supercross champ. I think Anderson's probably over it. I don't think he's that worried about what happens this summer. I mean, that's not to say he's not going to put some good results in, because he probably will. But Barsha, yeah, I don't know, man. Still a question mark on him. Is he, is he 100% healed? Because he really, when he came back, he wasn't the same Barsha. He was still good, but I yeah. mean, he wasn't running up front every every race like he had then. And right. uh, so it's hard to tell, man. I don't, I don't know. I think he'll be, I think once the, Series gets into the you know fourth and fifth round. Uh, you're going to start seeing some things change. Some of those guys are going to start coming on. Maybe Kenny, you know, maybe Justin. And um, I think it'll be a good, right, good series because everybody thought Tomac would blow everybody out last year. We saw that win. So yeah, I just don't think he's going to run away with it like some people think he is. I mean, I think he'll probably win the championship. He'll probably win most of the races, but I think he's going to have a battle on his hands. Yeah, no, I agree. I can't, I can't disagree with that at all. I think it'd be a good one. But uh, what do you guys think? Two uh, fifty. Mm. Think about that. Tell me, Shane. Man, we I'm hadn't a, talked about it yet. So I'm what do you an think? Osborne fan. Yeah, uh, since since day one, he's just he's a. I really like his attitude. I like everything about him. Uh, I'm hoping he Is comes out. Osborne. Osborne. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm hoping he just comes out swinging, which you know he will. Uh, and he's he, he's 
going to turn in really good results, and he's going to he's going to have a lot of wins yeah. at the end of the season for sure. I, I just I think Derek, to, go ahead, Mark. Be hard to bet against him or Flessinger, right? Yeah, I just I really feel like um, J Mart's going to have something to say this year too, though. I, I really possibility. Man, yeah, it sounds like he's. Uh, He's ready, you know, mentally and physically, and I, I, this may be a year where we have a really good 250 battle. Yeah, I agree. Hey, a little off subject. What about the Geico team going to shift and, like, not wearing alias? Is that, like, is alias done or whatever? Uh, man, I don't even want to get into that, but uh, I don't know what y'all's thoughts on it. <laughs> Why don't you want to get into it? I, man, I, I'm kind of a fan of theirs, you know. Alias kind of makes it I got you. Makes it to where we can all, you know, do wear some nice stuff Yeah, uh, oh, every, I like every weekend. Gear. I'm just wondering See, if, I'm, they're, if, they're, if, they're going, if they're shutting, you know, closing up shop. Well, I don't know how open they are to everybody, but I did talk to them about a week and a half ago about some ordering issues and some things we had going on, and they didn't – they said they're just in the middle of a production run. Uh, and I did, I do recall going through this, uh, back when I first started riding, uh, you go to their website and everything was emptied out. It's mm-hmm. like the company just didn't exist. And, uh, apparently the way they do their cycles is once they run out, that's it. They only start their cycles on these days and, uh, I got and run them for so many days. And according to them, they're, they're in that off section. And when the season starts, then they'll have new gear for outdoor and yeah. everything else. It's interesting. Well, I just thought it was weird. I thought the guy that owned Alias was part owner of the Geico team, right. or whatever. Yeah, we'll have to ask Craig Martin about that. Maybe he'll have some inside information. Yeah, that'd be a good, good, good Craig question. But I was just curious, man. I thought I'd bring that up. So. Yeah, you know, and going back to the uh, Jason Anderson thing, um, you know, I was on board with you with thinking that he's not going to care um, until I listened to the main event pod today and uh, Anton was on there and said he's talked to him recently and that Jason said, hey, I don't want to be known as a Supercross only guy. I want to be known as a motocross guy too. So Anton right. was the, of the opinion that Jason's going to put in a 100% effort. Yeah, I mean, that, that's that's great. I hope I, so. Uh, I just think he's going to have problems beating Eli still. Yeah, you know? yeah, for sure. Everybody's going to yeah, have problems. The better, the more guys we have on point, the better, right? Oh, I agree. I, I want a good season. Like we were talking about with Dino being out, that's already one down. And yeah. AC being out in the 250s. I mean, that's two top guys, one top guy in each class out already. Yeah, definitely. And, and you know, and you got Bogle that's not going to be back for a few weeks. And um, there's a couple other. Uh, well, Cole Seeley won't be back. But Mm-mm. So, yeah. Pickle gone, which yeah. I think he think. They cut ties with him today. That's sad. They to hear. sure did. Yeah, sure did. Yeah, that's a disappointment. But, that's a bummer. Uh, I just feel like there's something more to that. I don't feel like because what, what would he? What, what reason would he have now? Like, how long have he been doing this? You know, right? But I just I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. So time will tell. And but, I'm sure I'm sure we'll hear more about it in the coming weeks. For sure. I didn't mean to get you guys off subject. I'm just <laughs> a little bit. A little bit fuzzy-headed. I've been in the hot sun all day. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, where are you at exactly? I'm in Victoria right now. Oh, okay, down south. Uh, Victoria, Texas, down here by the coast. Yep. And uh, we had to come down here for a couple of days for more training. And then, I mean, going back to the middle of Friday, I'm coming home. So, I don't, I don't know yet. I'll wait waiting on that email right now. Gotcha, so. gotcha. Well, cool, man. We just uh, want to give you a call real quick. We're going to um, get Craig on here in just a couple minutes and get going with those interviews. And 
Sweet. So, yeah. Sweet. We, we'll, uh, you boys have fun. Tell Craig I said hello. Will we, do, man. Appreciate you answering. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure, man. Y'all have a good show. Take care, All right, Mark. Mark. Take care, man. All right, later, buddy. Muscle Mark making that money so he can uh, go racing, hopefully, more next year. There you go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not, be a little bit of it this year. Yeah, so Shane, tell me about some of your sponsors because you, you get to make a bunch of races. I know you got some help. And, I, um, I do. I do. You know, one of our sponsors – just you just got kind of hooked up with Amsoil. Tell us about that a little bit. Uh, yeah, I uh, actually through y'all social media, I got hooked up with Dane Evans, and uh, I talked to him at the Vegas Supercross the night before my uh, arena cross, and uh, <laughs> we got off and just man, he, he's a he's a really great guy, and we just sat there and talked for a little while, and I got signed up on a couple of different programs that they offer, and uh, you know, get home, and now I'm an Amsoil dealer. That's awesome. <laughs> it is. It, it's a lot of fun to venture out and kind of see what else you can do. Uh, with everything and it's it's uh let you meet great people yeah. uh and really opens the doors for other things you know with with your racing and and it will help help out you yeah. know in one way or another i know i'm like a broken record with this topic but the the people in the industry are amazing like this industry i i hear the rumors of people being douchebags and i always get somebody going you'll meet one eventually but i mean the reality is i just haven't yeah. run across very many yeah douchebags everybody's yeah, I, I been pretty agree. cool so far yeah i mean i try to get along with everybody and 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 that makes it you know it makes it easy on everybody it, it's the same tough way. to go out there as a vet guy you know we do have a lot of other things going on you have wives you have houses and you know you have everything yeah. you know so the easier you can make it monday through friday it makes saturday and sunday a lot more enjoyable absolutely uh, so to start picking things here and there it, it's not any fun no no it's not like i i missed uh I missed Oak Hill this last weekend just because it just ended up being out of my budget. Yeah. You know, I'm having yeah. issues with my van. Yep. And a four-hour drive to Oak Hill would have probably cost me $200 in fuel the way my van's running. Yep. I, just, I just can't do it right now. So yep. Sometimes you just got to kind of pick your pick yeah. pick what you're going to do and what you can't do. You it know? sucks because I wanted to race, and I couldn't find anywhere else to ride. Like I, uh, My original plan was to go to Kirk Hunter's place, who owns mm. Extreme Colors Helmet Painting. Yep. And he said, yeah, no problem. And then he ended up texting me later that evening. He forgot he had something going on mm-hmm. the next day, so I couldn't go there. The Edge was supposed to be open, so I was going to go there. And then they canceled because their water truck broke. Yep. <laughs> so then I, I texted April at Johnsonville. Is there any chance I can come up there and ride just yeah. a part of the track? And she said it was just a mess. That yeah. wasn't going to work. Just nothing. It just, yeah. Like, it wasn't meant to be. Yeah. I ended yeah. up going to Michael Gage's place, my buddy, and rode at Desmoto. But we haven't rode there in two years. Right. How was like, it? The, terrible because it was <laughs> baked like concrete, yeah. and then it was overgrown like three. It was feet. like Louisiana track. Yeah, <laughs> like the weeds on the rut tracks were about four foot tall. I literally couldn't find the rut tracks. Yeah. So then I went back to the arena cross track, which was so worn down there was just no lift off mm-hmm. anything. I think I rode about fifteen minutes. I probably rode less time than it took me to get ready. Oh man, so. yeah. But usually, I did get. I got to ride the bike for fifteen minutes. So yeah, there you go. You know, you know you, usually you find uh, uh, in this sport either you have. 10 million things to go do Saturday <laughs> yeah. and Sunday, or you have zero you right. can go do. It's never like, oh, I, this is perfect. Let me right, pick, yeah, let there's me no good balance, is yeah. there? All right, guys. Well, hey, we're going to um, take a, a quick little break here, and we will be back with Craig Martin. Wasn't 
Let's try something else. We are back. Next up is Western Power Sports, Craig Martin. He is brought to you by All Sport Dynamics Wrist Braces. You guys know that these wrist braces are wear- worn by Adam Cianciarello, Weston Pike, Joey Savacci, Austin Fortner, Alex Ray, and many others. They're like a helmet for your wrists. I believe in them. I've been wearing them since 2007. Um, I think they're very important. They're a great product. Check them out at wristbraceguy <laughs> on Instagram. Or at motocrosswristbrace.com. Craig Martin, what's going on, buddy? Oh, not too much. Just got home. Yeah, where uh, where were you today? What areas were you in? Um, the Frisco, Dallas, Plano, uh, Carrollton. I made it to six different dealers today, actually. Now, how do you do that? Do you kind of have like Monday through Friday? Every Monday, you go to a certain area, or does it just rotate depending on? different circumstances it depends on the dealer some dealers want you there every week and some dealers want you there once a month and it just depends on the size of the dealer for wps and also their needs and wants and you know so it's it depends there's some there's some dealers i see every week and some of them i don't i couldn't see them all every week that's the first part is you know there's there's quite a few dealers in my territory so i have to have to have some that i don't see every week for sure I got you. So if you had to pick one product that you would say is the best-selling item that you have, is is there one that stands out? Uh, Michelin Tires probably is my biggest volume dollar-wise item. Yeah. I do really well. I'm pretty high up on the list on the on the NWTS with Michelin Tires. And it, is that mostly street or bo- dirt yeah. and street? Yeah, I figured it was probably more street yeah. with Michelin. Yeah. That Starcross yeah. Five though is it's coming on. It's getting it's getting yeah. uh, more and more popular. Yeah, that's a great tire. It is. Well, uh, Craig, you know, last we called you uh, a while back and we talked a lot about Western Power Sports. I kind of wanted to back up in your history a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. You were heavily involved with the, the early days of Team Green, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, you were you signed uh, Adam C and Cirillo back in the day, and a lot of other riders. Mm-hmm. I'd like you to tell me a little bit about that. Like, how did you get involved with Team Green? And how did that position grow? So the very first involvement with Team Green was um, as a, a Team Green dealer support rider. Back in 1985, as a Team Green uh, dealer support rider, riding motocross. And um, I instantly decided that I wasn't that guy. I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> I had ridden some outdoor nationals. It was kind of weird because I was... I had ridden outdoor nationals a little bit here and there and done some of that stuff in the 84s and 83s. And then when 85 came, I became an amateur guy trying to ride amateur nationals and all that. And I just realized I really wasn't that guy. So then I switched over and started going off-road stuff. So in 95, um, the off-road position was available. It was the, like the manager of the off-road program um, at Team Green. And I happened to, you know, know the guys there because I was a rider. And I also 
Um, I'm pretty pretty close friends with Ron Heben, who was from my territory up in Pennsylvania, and um, so I called him to get that position because I at that point I had written GNCCs, I had you know quite a bit of an off road experience, um, and I thought that I could go do that job, and he laughed at me and he was like, "Dude, you're from Pennsylvania. We race in the desert. What do you know about Mexico? You know?" And I'm like, "Well, you're right. I don't know anything." Um, he said, but I do need a technician, and it was an offer a technician position. Um, and at the time, the, the funny part is that I had been growing my hair out because I was playing drums in an 80s hair band. Nice. And I, yeah, and, uh, and we were full-on 80s hair band, too. I'm throwing and, the uh, horns right now. Yeah, I knew Jamie was going to love that part. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so, the, so the funny part was is that I didn't want to cut my hair to do an interview, but I knew I couldn't go there with my hair the way it was um, to a corporate setting to do an interview. So I talked those guys into hiring me from Pennsylvania, sight unseen, um, although Ron knew me and knew of me and knew my history, and I worked on his brother's bikes a lot and everything else. But I got those guys to hire me, and I sold my house and packed up my fiance and moved to California, basically sight unseen. And in... I don't know, three years of being there, I turned into the motocross supervisor and was the guy that was hiring people at King Green. And after I got there, I started realizing what I actually accomplished because getting a job at Kawasaki without ever showing up at the corporate headquarters just did not happen, <laughs> you know? And uh, so it's kind of cool that that, that all happened. But uh, so 95, I started as the off-road technician for the West Coast. Um, I lasted 11 months doing that job, not really lasted, but in, at the end of the 11th month, I decided to move next door and I became the guy that built all the bikes for all the magazine tests for two more years. And so I would go break in the new KXs prior to anybody ever seeing them, prior to the dealers having them, uh, prior to the dealers even seeing them, um, I'd go break in the bikes tear them completely down to the crank and back up again, uh, make sure everything was perfect on those things. And I was like the, the green bike specialist for a company. Um, and I would go out to all the, the um, shootouts and all the tests and all the different events that we did um, from the PR side and be the technician to help them. And um, in 98, which we had a really good 250 that year, we I won every single shootout that I went to, which was cool. And yeah, I got really a awesome. president's yeah. award. Yeah, I got a president's award for being, you know, going above and beyond the Call of Duty, whatever. And um, and that was pretty special. And then uh, right around 2000, I ended up, um, so it would have been about in 99, I think, actually. Um, the the main manager of Team Green left. Ron Heben was the motocross supervisor, and I wasn't even in Team Green. And Ron Heben moved up to be the motocross supervisor, and Cole Kress and I both, and I'm sure lots of people, applied for that job. And Cole was already in Team Green at the time. And uh, he was, uh, I think, the street bike uh, supervisor or something like that. And um, But his heart's really in moto and off-road, and so he wanted that job, and I wanted it. And luckily, I ended up getting it. And, uh, and eventually he moved on to Suzuki and I, you know, was the team green guy. And through my years of being a team green, I was, uh, you know, the guy that was Santa Claus to hundreds of people. You know, we had through those years, it's a lot different today, a lot different actually. 
but through the years when I was there, we had about 75 uh, motocross kids that rode 14 green, various levels. Um, I basically came in right as Carmichael moved on to the pros. Um, Stewart was probably 12 years old. Right. So I never really could really claim that, you know, that was my guy. Uh, Villapota started with me and ended with me. So that was a guy that went all the way through the program. Um, and then Cian Cirilla I hired, uh, as a 50 rider. And actually he was contracted by Team Green and raced Cobra 50s for, for the first year because he was so small and, and couldn't make it to the, um, couldn't make it to the 65s too well. <laughs> and, uh, so that was kind of funny. It's kind of ironic that he was so little, and now he's actually the biggest guy. On, right, you know, right. One of the bigger guys on in the class. So, hey, and, uh, before you go on, I want to ask you, at the time that all this is going on, do you realize how cool what you're getting to do is? Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I was – I had the – you know, and I, and I still say that, that was one of the coolest jobs in the industry because you're getting to work with the superstars of the future – you know, I went to lunch every day with Bruce Sternstrom and Jay Bone and all the guys from the racing department. Uh, Brett Leaf, who was a, one of the suspension guys, and Rick Ash and all those guys. I went to lunch with them every day. So I got to be a part of the pro side. And then I also, every year, got to help the Andrew Shorts, the Josh Woods, the Stewarts, the Bill Potos, all those kids all kind of transitioned into the pro ranks. And um, so it was, you know, it's definitely a very cool job. The only downside was, you know, trying to be a family man and, and all the travel that there was was a little bit tough. I can imagine. But I really enjoyed the job, and, and the job was super fun. And, you know, the the um, having that kind of budget, was, I was also in charge of the um, arena cross budget, so I was also dabbled into the pro ranks with the arena cross teams. And um, so I got to be a little bit in charge of that for a little while, too. So it was cool. It was definitely a really cool job. And, you know, there's a lot of people that I see today that, you know, years later, like Cole Siebler is a big uh, big name in the amateur world from back in the day. And now he's one of the main guys like Jason Thomas at Fly Racing. And uh, he rode with me not, not too long ago. And we had a really good time talking about the differences because he was a Suzuki rider riding for Cole Grass the whole time and looking at King Green from that angle. Yeah, yeah. And so it's Outside. really cool to to listen to him and see what he had to think of what we did at Team Green and how we did it and everything else. So it was pretty cool. Well, yeah, I know as a kid and growing up, it, you know, like you just like Team Green was like almost mythical yeah. for amateurs. You know, you just <laughs> like you couldn't believe how cool that was. You know, I mean, before you got yeah. involved, I remember seeing, you know, Ricky Carmichael in the magazine, the motocross action or whatever. It's like, man, what a dream that must be. Yeah. Yeah, pretty cool. And program. you know, you know, think about it. I was a, I was a, I don't know, eighteen, nineteen, twenty-year-old kid in Pennsylvania, um, growing up with the Coombses, Davey and, and Timmy, and all. There was there was Team Green Riders that all started through that period. Yeah. Um, back in the in the Northeast was a pretty hotbed of motorcycle racing, and um, so there was a lot of Team Green Riders there. Plus, we had a lot of big races. And Carmichael would come up to High Point and ride to High Point with us. And, you know, it's like, it was pretty special, you know, for me just to see it and then to actually become part of it and ultimately be the the, the supervisor or boss or manager, whatever you want to say, of the whole program. Um, 
was pretty pretty cool. You know, definitely something that I never thought that I would ever get to do for sure. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm just in awe just listening to, to <laughs> yeah. everything he's he's the talking he's about. Here. It's very awesome, very cool to hear for sure. Yeah, so I, I got think it, I got it, to take Bill Poto and um, Chisholm and Matt Bonney and Bradley Graham to Italy for a the Junior World Championship mini bike race one time. Took Stewart and um, Gavin Gracie to Germany for that race. Um, you know, so there was a lot of things that we did and photo shoots and, you know, working with Stuart and, uh, Anthony Paggio at Oakley and the Fox guys. And I mean, just all the different things I got to do was just, you know, pretty special. Yeah. I, um, would also show up at all the local nationals, whether it's Glen Helen, Hangtown, um, or the, um, local supercrosses with our semis or at least our box fans, depending on which event it was and let, some of our riders, you know, dabble into that stuff too to get their feet wet and, you know, try to give them some support without them having all the pressure on, you know, the being riding for Mitch or whatever. Right. And right. Um, so that was pretty cool too. So I got to that's kind of be a little bit in both worlds there. So. Yeah, I want to go back to something you said a little while ago. You were you ran some nationals and you said you weren't that guy. And did you mean you weren't that guy, you weren't fast enough, or you didn't feel like you were fast enough, or you weren't that guy that you wanted to do all the traveling and, and all the stuff that went with it? What 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 made it where you you didn't feel like that was for you? Um, I, I, was, I was fast enough to be at the races. I just was pretty far down the totem pole in Team Green Riders that showed up at those races. Gotcha. Like, like the Redlands, I qualify. I'll be, um, there's a, I don't know, you probably don't even know this guy. Um, Ivan Boyson, who owns Boyson Racing, the Boyson Reed Company. Yeah, yeah. His son, Dag Boyson, um, was a really, really fast Northeastern rider from New York, I believe. And at the regional for Loretta's, I beat him two out of three motos, and we went, I went one, two, one, and he went two, one, two. And so I won the regional to go to Loretta's in the open, pro-in class i think they called it at the time because if you had a pro number you could still ride loretta's with this what was called pro-in right right and um and so so that was a you know kind of a big deal for me was to win the regional and have what was touted to be probably some of the fastest guys in the country at my regional so i i felt really good going to loretta's but unfortunately there was a hurricane and it turned into a big slop hole and it was three feet deep in water and i had a bike break and it just was a big mess and just I did didn't go well it actually no and uh i just i just felt like i was not you know i i was really really good friends with mike jones mad mike jones the freestyle yep. guy yep and we traveled all over the world together raced together lived in florida together every winter um did a lot together and um you know he was a team green rider and was you know up in par with the Rodney Bars and the Denny Stevensons and the Jeff M. Eggs and that, and was fast enough to kind of run with those guys, and I was I was a step behind those guys. So it just kind of made me believe that, you know, I just wasn't really that guy. I spent the whole year of, 2000, or of 1995 um, or 1985 running all around the country just racing. Like, I literally lived off my dad's credit card the whole time and, and just, you know, that's cool. Did yeah. the whole thing. That makes it easier. And tried to tried to make a name of myself, and it just never really worked out. I never, I felt like I always just kind of fizzled when it came to the pressure races and the, the races that mattered. Well, it seems like though it it obviously it brought you to a place where you did make a name for yourself in, in a different yeah. different part of the industry, but 
you have a good reputation and I mean, you got to do a lot of the cool things. Like one of the things I was reading recently was, you know, Bobby Hewitt gave you a lot of credit for getting him involved with team green extreme. You know, why don't you tell us about that and how that, that relationship came about. So at team green, um, and again, it's a lot different today than it was then. Mm-hmm. I, um, my focus as the manager of the motocross side was that, I felt like I was a arm of marketing, which the budget came from marketing, so I really was an arm of marketing. So my whole vision of what Team Green should be doing is reaching the end consumers that were out buying the bikes at the dealers, helping them helping them become more in tune with the Kawasaki name and the Kawasaki brand, building the brand and making them want to be more a part of the Kawasaki brand. And it felt like that was really what Team Green was started about, and so through the years of me running it, um, I was very focused on making sure that the consumer felt comfortable near our trucks, under our trucks, and knew that we were there actually for them and not for Ryan Villapoto, not for James Stewart, not for any of these kids. Well, as time was cooking by, um, competition, especially with uh, Cole Suzuki, he was starting to spend a lot of money on riders and giving them a lot more bikes, and we actually sold our bikes to our riders. Stewart bought every King Green bike he ever had. Um, and he was out there giving away bikes and stuff. So he had a lot less riders spending maybe the same amount of money, but was giving them a lot more per rider. And um, so I wanted to try to come up with a program that would keep my riders getting something in return for what they're doing um, and keep them interested in Team Green and not jumping ship. So I wanted to create a, um, a team atmosphere that would allow me to place some of my riders underneath the semi, but not my semi, you know? And so my semi was still going to be where, you know, if you had a Kawasaki and it had a, a technical issue, you would bring it over and our technicians would take care of it. We weren't working on somebody's race bike. We weren't doing anything that, you know, other than helping consumers. Yeah. And so that was my focus at Team Green was to keep the consumers engaged in, in the brand. And, but I also had, you know, this whole other side that I had to be a race team and had to win races and had to keep my racers engaged in the brand also. So I needed some place to put them that was like being in our semi, but not being our semi that didn't necessarily look to the public like it was our semi in our program, you know? Sure. So that's when I went to Bobby and I, you know, basically there was actually another guy that was there before Bobby that, that was in the loop at the beginning um, and his kid was a team being writer also, but we um, we discussed it. We talked about the fact that Bobby's dad was driving his five hundred thousand dollar motorhome all around the country, and you know, and that there really wasn't much difference on his level, other than I would be giving him a little bit more of a platform for Hunter to be in, Hunter Hewitt. Yeah, I also would get all of our team green sponsors to be on board, so that was an easy fix for sponsorship. Um, and it kept the sponsors the same. I also had Jeff Harriet at Thousand Oaks in California um, as a dealer that was very much involved in the initial program too. And so, therefore, I could, you know, have a have a home for kids like Ryan Villapoto that I could put him in there, have him um, have a, a full time mechanic, have the bikes all prepped by our team green guys. We would get him to the races. His mechanic would take care of him at the races because he had a he had a practice mechanic or a at home mechanic or whatever. And, you know, and, and, you know, he could fly in and fly out, be back home training, not have to deal with driving, you know, 40 hours to get home to, 
Washington. You know, so, and it wasn't just him. It was him and every rider around him that was the same uh, level and the same uh, expense or whatever that I was trying to create. And that's basically how that whole thing started. And so that was the very first quote-unquote amateur team that had mechanics, had a semi, you know, the whole thing. Right, which is kind of common practice now. Yeah, it's it's the only way they do it now. Like, there's all the top riders ride out of the semi now. Right. You know? <laughs> and, uh, but, you know, back in the day, they all rode out of their own motorhomes, every one of them. Sure. Nobody had semi. The only ones, I, I guess I, I, I want to back that up, the Honda Houston guys actually had their own, their own semi, and so a lot of the Honda riders got to ride out of the Honda Houston rig, which was also Honda's only amateur support rig, too. So Honda contracted a dealer to be their support, where Kawasaki spent their own money and had their own staff be their support. And um, and so, you know, we were, again, trying to make sure that the end consumer that bought the Kawasaki KX85 and had a problem knew that they could come over to our truck and we would, you know, do everything in our power to make sure that we got the kid back on the track, you know, ASAP and get them back on the track and get them racing. So. Yeah, that's a very awesome story right there. It's, it's guys like you that, that really make an impact on, on the sport for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yep. it, it's really impressive considering the time and that, that wasn't something that was going on. That right. you, you took that effort and had that idea and, and made what it, you know what it became. Yeah, yeah, and I, I got to tell you though, I had uh, I had a whole fleet of technicians underneath me, um, some in Texas, some in Georgia, and some in California, that all weren't very um, impressed with my idea. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and the problem was is that they they got the task of building these bikes. So we had to rotate these motorcycles for these riders all the way across the country. You got to remember a guy like Del Poto, he had a super mini, an 85 and a stock bike. So that's oh, three yeah. bikes for that one for rider. One kid, yeah. Um, wow. Yeah, for one kid. And we had to prep them for every big race and get them to the races. And so all the, and then there was, you know, there was a whole load of these riders that I was prepping bikes for. Some of them were in that semi, some of them weren't. Right. And um, so my staff had a lot of work to do. And I was the guy that worked my butt off, and I, I tried to lead with by example as far as the work ethics go. And I've always been a hard worker, and um, I did wear out some people, honestly. <laughs> and I think when I left, there were some people that went, you know, thank God, you know. But after I left, every one of those guys has come back to me, and, you know, when I see him at a race or something like that, and shook my hand and said, you know what? Now we see now we see how hard you were working and what you really were trying to accomplish here, you know, because it changed a lot. It, you know, the, the, the Team Green uh, program isn't big anymore. It's a very small program in my mind. Um, it's just the March Banks and the and the students are really kind of kids. Yeah, and that's it. there's no, you know, back in the day when I when I had it, like I said, I had 75 kids every year. So I had Ryan and Pooh Sipes in Kentucky racing local races every weekend under the Team Green banner with tons of bikes. And, you know, and they were the heroes at their local races. And I had kids in New England. I had kids in Florida. I had kids in uh, North Carolina. I had kids everywhere, including Paulsboro, Washington, where Little Pedro was from, um, you know, Colorado, where Andrew Schwert was from, you know, just everywhere, New Mexico, Bradley Graham, you know, whoever, whoever the local fast kid was in the area, and if they had a great dealer in the area that also was selling a lot of green bikes, I would give them some kind of a program 
because that helps sell green bikes in that territory. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you only have 25 kids and they all live in Cairo, Georgia, and they only race five races a year, that's not the same program I had. My kids raced every weekend. It was before the Georgia thing. And that and that whole thing in Georgia started under the same year of years that I was involved in it, too. And um, and that was a bunch of Team Green Riders that started that, too, other than uh, Nick Adams and, and his dad were involved in it, and he was a Yamaha support rider. But um, but Josh Woods and um, – uh, oh, what was the other guy's name? Uh Anyway, there's a, there's a, a group of riders from uh, Michigan. They're all part of that Michigan Mafia thing. They needed a place to practice in the wintertime, and yeah. so they're the ones that bought um, GPF. And then Colleen Millsaps was involved in that, and then she split off with Brewington, uh, Pete Brewington, and his his son's name was Nate Larson, and he was a team green rider, and that's also part of the starting thing. And Pete Brewington and... Um, Colleen split off and bought the property next door. Okay. Wow. And I don't know if you've ever been to those two properties, although MTF is awesome and it's great and they do a great job, but they ended up with a flat piece of property that's almost all play, and GPF is in a rolling hills, treed property that's got a lot of sand in it. And so, you know, if you ever go to both of them, it's a completely different atmosphere. And, you know, it's, it's definitely a lot more over in the GPS side. Right. And they've I see, got yeah, I've log cabins and everything else. Right. So it's, it's pretty cool. Well, man, yeah. you were definitely involved with a lot of really cool history. For sure. <laughs> which, yeah. man, I just, every time we, we interview somebody like you that has so much history, I get a little bit jealous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, before yeah, we wrap it's... this up, I've got, I want to touch on something, you know, um, Geico Honda, they, they switched over to shift for this, for the, mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't know how long the contract's for, but um, do you have any, idea of why they decided to make that switch is alias going out of business i mean do you have any insider stuff that we may not know i don't know anything about that um to me it seems obvious uh but i don't i don't have any idea what's going on there right right. i don't yeah we just kind of have some speculation and that's about it so i know i know i get to see some numbers of all the different brands and what they're doing and you know other than fox and fly you know they're all they're all struggling to fight each other yeah and fox and fly are definitely the ones that are on the growth curve and moving upwards and and in racing itself you know fly is probably the most dominant um but when you take the overall sales of gear worldwide or nationwide or whatever you want to take it then uh then the foxes may be a little bit better than we are as far as the overall sales right but we're growing and growing at a faster pace and getting closer and closer every year and um yeah so it's it's pretty cool to be on par with those guys. And most of my dealers, you know, we actually, we actually tell them that you should have box and fly. And, um, you know, that you, you're going to get a lot of riders that come in that don't have any racing experience that know the Fox brand. And, yep. and that box head is pretty powerful and pretty, pretty marketed and pretty known. And, um, there's going to be people that come in and want that stuff, but someday they'll all turn into fly riders because, at the racetrack, then they'll start seeing the other brand. And, um, but as we, as we grow and continue to keep servicing our dealers and doing a good job, um, especially in my territory anyway, um, it's definitely pretty even as far as, you know, all the big dealers, as far as what they have in their dealership and what they sell. It's, it's pretty close. Cool. Cool. 
Well, hey, before, we're, we're super excited for the 2019 stuff to come oh, out here in another month or so. You know how um, much I love fly gear, so so am I. <laughs> I can't wait. So. Yeah. But hey, whenever you get a get a picture of it, you just send it to me so I can see what it looks like. Yeah, right. Yeah, but I know you're in more than I am. <laughs> no, no, I'm definitely not. I'll be I'll be wait, hitting you up about you know right right around a week or so before August. I'll be starting te- texting you. Come on, man, yeah. send me something. Send me yeah. a catalog. <laughs> whenever whenever you first called here, you know I was gonna I was gonna answer the phone with a big yeah like Wagon always does. <laughs> yeah, right, right. And and then I was gonna then I was gonna pull what he pulled with uh, Daniel Blair and. Did, did you hear what he said with Daniel Blair? Just yeah, yeah, I did. I actually texted Weege about it this morning and told him I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, he said said yeah. something about being the Moto X Pod show. Man, I've been waiting to get on the Moto X Pod show. Well, I was into the opposite. I was going to tell you that I've been waiting to get on main event for so long. <laughs> I really appreciate it, Daniel. Yeah, that would be funny. I would have had to send that to Daniel. So, thankfully, we yeah, all get along. The only thing I thought of was that. Uh, a lot of people probably didn't hear that show yet, and they would be like, "Why is this guy saying that? Right. Is he that old?" <laughs> well, you know, as as long it now all season long at the press conferences, Mathis has been saying like, "Hey, you know, this is Steve yeah. Mathis from the Moto X Expo- or um, Motocross Action Motocross. or or from Main yeah. Event." And every single week, somebody's like, "Did he? Did he? Does he work for them now?" Like, no, they don't. They still don't get it. So, yeah, it yeah. doesn't. It's but it's funny yeah. to the people that do pay attention, but. Man, Craig, we really appreciate you coming on tonight, giving us some of your time. Yeah. Um, man, it was really cool. I know you have For a sure. lot more history. Hey, before we go, last thing, I do want you to give me who you think your surprise in the 450 and 250 outdoors is. Not who's going to win, just who do you think is going to surprise us? I think the surprise is not going to be a good one, and it's going to be Roxon. Okay. I, I don't um, – he's been so quiet, and everyone's talking about how quiet he's been, and – I don't yeah. know. I, I just I think that the I think that there's a little bit more to that story than what we all know right now, and I don't think it's great. Um, as far as a positive surprise in the 450 class, um, I think we're all kind of on the same page. I think that you know that it's Eli's race to lose. Yeah. It's Marvin's race to take over for Eli when Eli screws it up, if he does. And I think, you know, we're all concerned about uh, the, uh, the uh, Anderson's kind of brain as far as all the pressure that he had. And that, that tends to always be an issue with a lot of these riders. It's hard to go back to back with pressure and pressure and, and, and make it the whole way. Um, and I think we all want to see Blake Baggett come pull that you know, that race he had last year at, at Colorado, we want to see him pull that one off. And then there's there's all the the riders that are under them that you just never know. It's, you know, whether it's Pike's time to be a top five guy every week or Craig's time or, yeah. you know, you just never know. And I, I don't know that I think that there's a clear guy that's going to be a surprise. I think in the 250 class, though, um, I think that there's probably eight guys that could win races. And I think Chase Sexton is the guy that I'm the most looking forward to seeing how he does. Yeah, we're we're talking you know? to him next. Actually, he he'll be on. In about, oh, really? Yeah, we have him yeah. on in about five minutes. So, yeah. So I don't never worked with the kids on him at all. And uh, but he he impressed me last year. You know, he almost won the last race of the year at uh, Indiana. Yeah. And uh, he just fell over in that one corner and went a little got a little over the berm on that one corner and fell over and almost won that race. And, um, but I'm also hearing rumors that Hurlings is going to be here a couple times this year. Hmm. Yeah. And 
I think, you know, I've been watching all the GPs, and I, I don't think anybody here has anything for that guy at all. <laughs> I like, don't disagree. Nobody there has anything for him. Yeah. And, you know, and those guys are good, you know, especially Crowley. So, yeah, I don't know. So I think it would be cool to see him come over and, and run some races over here. Um, I, they, the, the word that I heard was that it was not going to be Redbud, which I would think that somehow maybe there's a race that he has to ride on that same weekend or something. But I would think if he's coming over here, he'd want to ride Redbud to get tuned up for the Motocross of Nations. So. Yeah, well, Anton on the main event said there was two races that worked out schedule-wise, and I want to say one of them was, uh, like I think it was Unadilla and Washugal maybe were the two? Yeah, it was, that's what he said. Yeah. yeah. And Daniel felt that Washugal would be the toughest one for him to go fast on. Right. And I don't know. Hmm. I, I think he can go <laughs> fast anywhere. Yeah. You know, I, I, Washugal's tough because it's got that hard base underneath it and it's actually slippery. Yeah. It looks good, but it's not. Right. Um, but, man, it's, it's also one of those ones where you just hang off the back of your bike and go as fast as your bike can go. And he's pretty good at that, too. So No doubt. I don't know. I think it, I, I don't know. So. All right. Well, Craig, we really but appreciate hey, well, you, man. You. Yeah, I appreciate you calling me. Yes, sir. Well, um, we'll we'll talk soon. We we are trying to work on some things, uh, some uh, some special things for some of our fans and customers and yep. stuff. So yeah, we'll, we'll hopefully we'll have something announced in the coming weeks. But again, thank you yeah, for your did. time, and we'll talk to you soon, Craig. No problem, man. Thank right. you. Thanks, yes, bud. Sir. Bye. Western Power Sports, Craig Martin. We really appreciate him coming on. And uh, Shane, you know I'm a fly guy. So yeah, you are. So yeah, I'm all about that. But. Uh, Hey, before we go to commercial break, I just want to mention our Patreon account, as we try to always do. If you guys feel the need, man, go on Patreon and search the Moto X-Pod show and contribute. Anything from a dollar to $100,000 would be fine with us. It all helps. It definitely helps because, you know, we want to do some T-shirts and we just got to, you know, we, we order stickers when we can and give those things out. And uh, we want to go to some nationals this year so we can get some more content for you guys. So, yeah. Check out Patreon.com and search the Moto X Pod show and, and contribute. All right, we're going to commercial, and we'll be back shortly. Hey, this is Heather Kiefer, and you're listening to the Moto X Pod show. Hey, Kylie. Does your husband have to deal with leaking shafts? No way, Kathy. He uses shock socks, the original and number one 10-second removable fork sill protector. Looks like the best way to keep grit and grime out of your fork seals. So if you don't want the headache and expense of constantly replacing fork seals, get Shock Socks. Go to shocksocks.com and visit them on Facebook to pick your color. And don't forget, they are available for street bikes too. If you're in the Dallas-Fort Worth area and you need an amazing deal on a residential or commercial roofing job, or if you just need a new fence, a custom patio, a pergola, or even a new metal building, Five Star Roofing of Texas is who you need to call. Chad Mayo and his crew will knock it out of the park for you just as easily as JS7 blitzes a set of whoops. He even offers a moto discount and is a proud sponsor of our friend, John Short. Chad is a true moto head and does incredible work, so give Five Star Roofing of Texas a call at 214-402-8565 or check them out at www. 5 starroofingoftexascom or on Instagram at 5 Texas, and that's the word 5 F-I-V-E so check them out call Chad Mayo and get a great deal tell them Moto X Pod sent you Darkside here 
Are you guys in the market for a set of new custom graphics? Are you tired of the same old basic layouts the big box companies offer? Well, if so, then you need to check out MX Girl Designs. From custom graphic kits, stickers, reproductions, and even vintage, MX Girl does it all. Call or text Char at 936-828-1472 or email Char, C-H-A-R, at mxgirl.com, and that's mxgirl, G-U-R-L, and tell her Moto X-Pod sent you. Hey guys, Muscle Mark here. I want to introduce you to my friends over at York Welling and Fab. From new construction, truck beds, barbecue grills, and anything else you can come up with, York Welling and Fab has you covered. With deep motocross roots and 20 plus years experience, York Welling and Fab is a brand you can put your trust in. Call Carl at 903-780-7369. That's 903-780-7369 and tell him Moto X Pod sent you. Hey, this is Ryan Dungey, and you're listening to the Moto X-Pod Show. Guys, we are back. Uh, that was Craig Martin a few minutes ago with WPS. And up next is Chase Sexton, Geico, uh, Geico Honda's number 40. Chase, what's up, man? Oh, nothing much. How's it going? Going good. We're, uh, we're out here in East Texas where it's super, super hot and humid, and riding dirt bikes is not much fun in this weather, but... Uh, <laughs> How, where are you at right now? You out in SoCal, I'm assuming. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, I'm actually in Southern California, getting ready for Hangtown. Uh, yeah, final prep for today, and then yeah, just getting ready for press day on Thursday and going racing this weekend. Well, well I want to first of all congratulate congratulate you on Rookie of the Year because you put a hell of a season in. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I was it was pretty good. I I accomplished most of my goals. I didn't get the win that I wanted, but. Um, you know, we always have that for next season. I feel like coming in next season, I'm coming in as a title contender and uh, just trying to get those race wins. And yeah, yeah. I'm pretty pumped on my season uh, so far. Well, you should be. I mean, you had three or four podiums, I believe. You know, and I mean, the the mudder in Seattle, you had a second. Are are you pretty comfortable in mud usually, or was that a surprise to you? No, actually, I'm pretty comfortable in mud. I grew up racing in Illinois, and I'm uh, I'm pretty. Um, familiar with mud riding and uh the train like that so yeah. no i was i expected to do good that that uh that night so yeah I'm, I'm stoked on it that was a heck of a performance that's for sure that was that was a great ride <laughs> yeah. thank you yeah i mean like i said you i mean you definitely deserve the rookie of the year you put in you had some good rides in the nationals you did last year what are your goals this year i mean are you going in to the nationals this year you're saying hey i could win i'm capable of winning a race a championship making podiums, you know, where are you setting your goals for yourself? Um, for me right now, I honestly, like, I can't really, I have a hard time putting myself in a, like, saying a championship contender because I haven't, I haven't won a race yet. So we got to get to that goal first. I want, my goal for this, this season is um, just to try and get as many podiums as I can. And uh, I want to uh, be able to be a race winner and uh overall like contender for a uh, overall um win so yeah i just want to go out there and um just see how i can do and i feel like i'm definitely capable of podium uh week in week out and i feel like i can be a contender for race wins and um sure overall so that's where that's where i'm that's where I'm kind of putting myself right now. I think um, before Supercross, I kind of put my uh, myself in the same position. Like I know I knew 
I could podium. I knew I could contend for race wins. So, and I feel like I surprise a lot of people. So I feel like this outdoor shouldn't be any different. I feel like I can get that uh, that win, and I want to get it sooner than later. So yeah, yeah, I'm uh, ready for the season for sure. Well, you know, and they always say once you get the first one, that the rest come easier. So yeah, if you get, you know, you may yeah. go into Hangtown and get your first win. Uh, it, you know, everybody for the most part, I think, thinks that Zach's gonna, you know, probably probably yeah. win the yep. championship. But then you got Jeremy Martin, who's gonna be right there. But man, and there's yep. no doubt that somebody like you could come in and and steal that thunder. You know, I mean, you you obviously yep. have the speed. Um, yep. So, I, hey, Dane Evans with Hamsoil, who is the guy. You know, you met at Vegas. He he got your information for us. He sent me a question. He wants to know, uh, what is the biggest piece of information or knowledge that you gained from your rookie year with Supercross? My biggest thing I learned is probably just how how much a start matters and how much uh, the first four or five laps matter in a Supercross race. It was It's pretty uh, it's pretty big deal. Just moving from the amateurs to the pros, it's all about those first five laps in a supercross in 10 minutes in an outdoor race you got to go way out in front and you got to be able to run with the top guys to be able to stay with them for the rest of the moto so yeah i think that's what i'm still working on obviously i haven't uh, mastered otherwise it'd be ra- uh, win races so <laughs> no i just gotta i gotta go out there and just get good starts or whole shots hopefully and then um yeah just run those first 10 minutes as, ten- as intense as i possibly can and put down some good laps yeah chase how old are you right now uh, I'm 18. Okay, so you're 18 years old. Obviously, you're young. You're full of testosterone. You know, um, I don't mean this disrespectfully, but you, you know, you're 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 a little probably immature as far as life oh, yeah. experience. Oh yeah, 100, 100, yeah. But as a racer, you've been doing this a long time. Um, I don't know that you've had any really really any run-ins with other riders, but we've seen guys like Austin Forkner, who's a friend of the show, that sometimes when he's had a, a little run-in, he gets. Uh, he gets angry, it seems like, or he, you know, he wants to lash back out. Do you have that personality, or do you know that, man, that that really could do some damage if you if you don't focus on what you should be focusing on? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I feel like um, I race clean. Like I feel like I'm um, just a clean, all around clean racer. I, I mean, like I'm not gonna take um, stuff from somebody if they're, if they want to mess around or something like that, I'm not going to just sit there and take it, but I'm not going to be the one to initiate it. Like mm-hmm. I'm not going to just make enemies left and right. Um, just, yeah, not, I'm, that's not how I am. I mean, I'm not, obviously, like I said, I'm not going to take it. So, um, yeah, you can't be uh, bullied around with that. That's for sure. And I think I've learned that a little bit in the Supercross season. I feel like I maybe got pushed around a little bit first couple of rounds and, um, yeah, I feel like I maybe, got better at that and started being more aggressive. I think that's my problem. I'm not as aggressive as I should be at some points. So that's what I'm working on. I mean, you obviously need these, the pro guys and, and I mean, they don't want an 18 year old rookie or 18 year old um, period coming in and beating <laughs> them. So they're right. obviously going to treat, I mean, you look at, you look at Zach and he's 28 years old. I mean, if I, if I look at a kid 10 years younger than me, there is, there is no way I'm gonna let that kid beat me. So sure, sure, um, makes sense. I feel like I see where they come from and stuff like that. I just, I mean, I can't let those guys push me around. And I feel like, um, yeah, that's what I got to work on for yeah. sure. Well, and I'm sure they know, being a little older, that hey, some riders, if we do push them around, when we come up behind them the next race, eh, they might move over. You know, and if you if you teach them yeah, right yeah. off the bat, I'm not doing that, then they'll have that respect for you and. and 
and that'll probably, you know, make your life a lot easier. But, you know, my main thing was I just want to make sure that, you know, like, Hey, if somebody does, you know, I don't pick a rider, somebody takes your front wheel out to not like chase them down and with the sole intention of, I got to get this guy back. Cause that never goes well. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. You, you gotta be, um, I just feel like you treat people how they treat you. And, right. Um, like it's kind of yeah, just something like that. I mean, it's no different than the real world. Is sure. I mean, you treat how people you treat people how they treat you, and yeah, I mean, you just got to be uh, smart about it and not just lash out at people just for the heck of it. So tell me what you know coming out of the amateurs. I mean, what a year and a half ago, something like that. Like what what was the most difficult thing, <clears throat> the difficult most difficult challenge coming into the pros, and like the most surprising thing was it the speed of everybody else compared to what you race against the amateurs, or was there was there something else that really stood out? Um, no, it wasn't really the speed or anything. It just honestly, like I said, the starts and the and just that first five laps is. I mean, the speed is very, very, very high. And in the amateur class, I mean, I expected obviously the speed out of all the pros. Um, I mean, that's they're not they're not pros for no reason. So I just in amateurs, I could honestly just get a bad start and kind of work my way through and get to the front and then pull away but in the in the pros you cannot do that you have to start up front and be up there if you want a chance to win so unless you're somebody that's just 10 times faster but i feel like we're really close and speed this whole the whole 250 class so it's just honestly comes down to a start and the first 10 minutes like i said yeah most important part of the race Touching base on something you said earlier, uh, and you just talked about it again. You was talking about the starts going into the pro ranks. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. How do you how do you address that? I mean, do you get to a point in the weekend to where you're just sitting there pounding them away uh, for so many hours a day? And if if that's how you do it, what's it like to transition back into full motos after you've been sitting there just going, uh, you know, a hundred feet at a time over and over and over? Um. No, I mean, coming. Are you talking about coming from Supercross to Motocross? Well, just, just you working on your starts. You pra- said you said you wanted starts. to, be, yeah, practicing starts. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, it's not really my. It's not so much technique. I think for starting, I think it's just having that confidence. If you're, mm. if you go to the starting line knowing that you can win, I think you're gonna get start, gonna get a good start every time, pretty much. You just have to have that confidence. You're gonna go out there and get the whole shot, um, which I've actually got a lot better at from outdoors last year i really didn't get very good starts at all and then this year i've gotten three hole shots so good deal um i think i think i've made a big improvement on just my confidence all around i think last year i was kind of intimidated of the pros and i mean racing against zach and all those guys i mean i feel like i was pretty intimidated but this year i think i made big strides in that category and i i look at them like um this another one this another person to race so yeah, i think yeah. that uh you're right there, Will, man. Like you said, yeah. you've got the speed, you know, and just getting off yeah, the line. No, and for sure. Your race win's coming, and we're going to be uh, excited to see it. Yeah, no, that's the, that's the goal, and I'm uh, really looking forward to getting this season started, and I think that's, uh, yeah, my first goal to get out of the way for sure. So, yeah, as we've been talking about starts. This year, Supercross brought in the metal greats, and I'm sure you, you've practiced on those. That's what you've been doing for the first, you know, the first part of this year. Is there a difficult transition going back to dirt? Does it change anything for you? I know you guys have mapping and all kinds of things to help out, but is it is it does it make it difficult going back and forth? Um, no, I don't think so. I think the metal grate was, in my opinion, just like a really tacky like 
dirt, kind of, if you want to say. Like, mm-hmm. it's it's not really, like, it's um, much different. than It's just really tacky dirt, I feel like. And, um, I mean, obviously for outdoors, you have different kind of, you have slick dirt, sand, and all that. So it kind of takes the, the variable out of the way. But um, I actually started for the first time today in dirt, and I feel like they were uh, really good, so I'm cool. uh, looking forward to. It. I think they're. Uh, I think I don't think it makes too much difference. I just think it kind of you got to look at the dirt what you're given and um, yeah, go from there. Yeah, and everybody is in the same position, so it's not like it's not like you're on the yeah, dirt and somebody yeah. else is in the great. So yeah, and he said it. Yeah. You know, I mean, when you show up to the starting line with that goal that you know this is me, this is what I'm fixing to do, and that yeah. and that's it. I mean, it's 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 a lot better. You know that way. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So tell us a little bit about your training program. I, if I'm not mistaken, you ride with Christian Craig a little bit and, and some other guys. You know, who, who do you ride with, and and how does that work for you? Um, actually, I uh, Christian and I we live. I lived with Christian when I was in Minnesota when I was still an amateur. But um, he, uh, I actually recently moved to Florida. My whole family moved down to uh, Claremont, and I'm training at the the Nest, well, okay. the Moto Sandbox now. Um, yeah. I train with Ken. Ken Roxon and Adam Cizarillo, so I ride with those guys every day, and uh, it, I think it's been a big help for me just to see what, how, what they do, and I, we're all on the same um, training schedule, so it's nice, and um, yeah, it's, it's been really fun, and I've learned a lot from those guys for sure. Yeah, I would imagine that's, like, I, I, I called into the Pulp Show last week when Adam was in and said something about, like, the personalities he and Aaron Plessinger and, and uh, like Kenny, those guys have really, really great personalities when they're on the podium, when they're doing interviews. Yeah. And, and, and I like that. I don't, I really was not happy with the cookie cutter, Ryan Dungey type personalities, nothing against Ryan as a person. You just want to hear some personality in somebody. And do you take yeah, anything yeah. from hanging out with guys like Kenny? Cause they're, they're joking. They're having fun. It's motocross, man. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of money on the line, but you guys got to have fun. Does that help you be with those guys? Do they help you kind of realize this is this is freaking fun? Yeah, no, for sure. I I have a pretty um, like happy-go-lucky personality, I yeah. feel like. And Adam and I, and obviously Ken, we get along really well, and I feel like our personalities match pretty well. And Honestly, Adam's made me uh, a lot more outgoing, like um, – when it comes to just like interviews and stuff like that, just like just talking to him all day, and we—I mean, he—he's—he's he's really good at what he like that kind of stuff with interviews and social media and all that. And I—I yeah. learned a lot of that from that aspect of like our our career, and it's a big part of it now. And um, yeah, I learned a lot from him and Ken, obviously, and yeah, it's been good. Cool. So um, I need some top secret information. How good is Kenny right now? Um, I. When I went, when I was still in Florida, Ken was just getting back on the bike. Okay. He was, um, yeah, I haven't, I haven't seen him ride since I've been out here, but, um, from what I've heard, um, he's been going a lot better and he's ready to go racing this weekend. And I think, um, he's going to surprise a lot of people. That's for sure. Yeah. We, you know, as media quote unquote, we, we've been talking about some of his social media. He's kind of said he's had struggles finishing motos but we wonder if he's just getting into people's heads because kenny's pretty good at that but anyway we we don't want to take your time talking about kenny i just thought i'd get a little piece of info no yeah (laughs) he's uh he's he's when he when he posts on instagram is is the real like that's his what he's going through like he is very real and i uh 
yeah, it's it's awesome being around him. And he's, I mean, what he posts on Instagram, that's what actually happened. He's probably one of the most real people you'll ever meet. Right. And, and, and it's pretty funny because he, he lets his, he definitely um, lets you know what he's thinking on Instagram also. Yeah, I really respect that and I like that. You know, I know there's people that probably think he should not do some, say some of the things he says, but I mean, we're all human beings and I think, I think as long as you don't cross that, whatever that imaginary line is, yeah. that it's all good. Yeah. So, well, you know, and I asked you about Christian a little while ago. I'd read an article recently when I was, you know, kind of trying to do some research on you that you and Christian are pretty close. Um, yeah. Tell me, tell me what Christian and Paige have done for you as, as far as maybe off the track, you know, what kind of relationship do you have with them? Uh, yeah, like I said, I live with those those guys in Minnesota, and um, Jeff, the team owner of Geico, mm-hmm. actually, um, he's been they've been a big part, and yeah, it was awesome living with those guys for the year that I lived there, and or I didn't, I was I would lived in Illinois, so I would just go up there for a week or two, and then go back to Illinois. So, but it was nice, like all summer, me and Christian did motos together, and I think it helped me a lot. I mean, they've helped me um, more than I could say, and. It's been awesome, though. It's uh, yeah, it was it was definitely good for me, and I um, it was just funny because Christian was that was the year that he made his comeback, and um, it just we just did motos together all summer, and I feel like it helped. It probably helped me more than it helped him, but yeah, it was <laughs> awesome for sure. And he's I uh, yeah he he's been a big part of um, yeah my my progress, and we don't. I don't really get to ride with him and train with him as much as I used to, but, um, yeah. I mean, obviously we still, we still do some gym workouts together and stuff. And yeah, I mean, Hey, I, I, we lost you a little bit there, Chase. Oh, oh there, yeah. there you are. Sorry. There you are. No, no, no worries. Um, so Hey, let's change subjects just for a second. You know, um, there's a lot of pressure in what you're doing. Obviously we talked about that. Um, how do you, step back from the sport and relax. I mean, what are your hobbies outside of racing? Are you into music? You know, what you, do you have a girlfriend? What are what are your, what's your release to get away from the sport? Well, I think everyone's kind of uh, figured out that Adam control and I are big into golfing. And that's <laughs> honestly like what, if I'm not riding or training or, resting i'm golfing so okay it or doing or doing schoolwork so <laughs> it's right. uh it's it's really good i think it's a good mental game too it helps you it it really um like helps you focus and um yeah it's it's a hard hard game so i think it's helped me uh, just being able to focus like i said and no it's been good and uh me and <laughs> me and adam may spend a little too much time on the golf course but <laughs> it's fun and we have a good rivalry so it's, it's nice. really fun though that's awesome, man. Yeah, I, I, I've never played. I've tried to just drive a golf ball, and I'm, I'm terrible at it. So I just stop it. I've never yeah. tried. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a, it's a hard game. Very well, that's for sure. But I'm really not that good at riding a dirt bike either. So I mean, I guess you know. Anyway, it takes a lot of practice. I haven't figured out golf or riding a motorcycle yet. So. Uh, you're pretty damn good at the motorcycle thing. I've never seen you play golf, but I, I definitely... Well, yeah, golf I definitely haven't figured out, that's for sure. I definitely see good things in your future and, and some race wins coming. And, uh, man, I, I think you have the personality that fans are going to... You're going to... Your fan um, base is going to grow, and, yeah, don't lose that. That's something I told Adam, man. When you yeah. move up to the 450s, I know mm-hmm. the factory teams, you know, they get harder on you, the pressure gets more, but, man... 
do not change yeah. because the fans, man, the, the fans will be there as long as you're a, a real person and outgoing. And yeah. So, Hey Chase, I really yeah, no, pre- for sure. I feel like, yeah, no, go ahead. Finish. Oh, I was just going to say, yeah, I feel like I haven't changed since I've been just a little kid. Like, I love going back to Illinois and riding my home tracks and just being able to hang out with my friends. I feel like, that hasn't changed, and I don't plan on changing. That's for sure. Right on. I was going to say, man, you've got a you've got a lot of fans on your side, and I've really enjoyed the, the little bit of time uh, uh, with you this evening. Uh, so good luck to you uh, on all your your future and, and and everything you've got going on. Well, thank you very much. Thanks for having me on here. Yes, yeah, sir. man. Like I didn't get to, I didn't really ever get a chance to come say hi to you at the couple <clears throat> supercrosses we made. You know, we're we're a relatively new show, so we make a few races, but. Yep. I should be at Millville, and I'm definitely going to come search you out and say hi to you. Sounds good. Well, thank you. All right, Chase. Hey, man, you have a good night, and uh, good luck this weekend. Yep, you guys, too. Thank you again. Yes, sir. Thank you, buddy. All right. See you guys. All right. Chase Sexton. Yeah, man, I expect really good things out of him. Awesome guy. Obviously has tremendous amount of talent and his head seems to be on straight so. i was gonna say he there there was something different about him you know yeah. I, I follow him on social media and stuff but you could tell he's he sounds really loose going into this yeah weekend. yeah like, i like it, that yeah. he wants to have fun and and awesome. but serious yeah i'm looking forward to it all right guys hey we're gonna uh, be back in just a few minutes with uh the beautiful kelly cleland monster energy girl so uh, yeah we'll change gears just a little bit be right back Once again, guys, we are back. Next up is the beautiful Kelly Cleland, Monster Energy Girl. And she is brought to you by MX Girl Designs. Guys, you know that Charlene makes the best graphics around. If you're interested, if you need any vintage graphics or uh, modern bike graphics, MX Girl Designs. Hit her up at char at mxgirl.com. Kelly, how are you tonight? I'm doing good. How are you doing? We're doing real good. Um, So... You know, this is a little different. Typically, we do motocross riders, and we do, uh, whether it be team managers or mechanics, and every once in a while, we get the privilege of talking to 
one of the lovely ladies that's involved in our sport, whether it be a, one of the models or a rider's girlfriend, and you're you're both. <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> so let let's just uh, let's start with uh, your history in the sport a little bit. Now, before you be, became involved with Monster, did you have any knowledge of motocross and Supercross? Yes, I actually grew up around dirt bikes from probably since when I could start walking. My oldest brother did dirt bikes. He was all into racing. He actually did... I met Ryan Benji when I was 12, I think. And it's funny because he actually remembered me when I showed up on podium as a monster girl one year. And I was like, holy cow, that was so many years ago. Wow. But I've been around dirt bikes for a long time. And then my brother had the decision of go to college and quit racing or don't go to college and pursue racing and do supercross. Mm-hmm. And he ended up he ended up quitting. And I was like, oh, okay, well, I used to hate dirt bikes, and then I fell in love with it, and I was <laughs> kind of a little upset that he stopped. And I was like, that's not fair. So I got into Monster, and then my brother ended up picking road racing in college. So he does road racing now, and I'm still into the dirt bikes. Well, that's really cool. Man, so yeah, cool I, I, I was wondering if you had any history um, with it. Now, I know you're from Texas. I saw that in your resume. And um, what part of Texas were you born in? I was born and raised in Houston. And then about two years ago, I came out to California, and I can't wait to leave. (laughs) Wow. Okay. See, I was born in San Diego, but we're in Tyler, Texas right now. So I've been in this – I actually live in Longview, but I've been here for 20-something years. And I'm kind of the opposite. Like, I miss SoCal. I miss the beach. I miss In-N-Out Burger. Um yeah, I, I just, I miss it. But, of course, I haven't lived there in 20-something years, so I know that it's a lot different. Yes, the, the people are uh, interesting. But, hey, they, <laughs> there's in and out in Fort Worth. In Fort Worth, Texas, they have an in and out Yes. They, I, they're supposed to bring one to Houston soon, so maybe you can do a little driving and get some. Yeah, we, I, I literally, me and my co-host, one of my co-hosts, Mark, who's not in tonight, we will drive two hours to go to the in and out There's a couple of them in Arlington, and there's one on the way to Village Creek, which is a track we race at a lot. So we hit them, but they're not close enough. Like, I want one on every corner. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you. I love burgers. <laughs> right. Well, okay, Kelly. So Monster is um, a big part of what we know you from now. How did you get involved with Monster? How did that go? There's the Ross Agency. They're located in Dallas, Texas, and they actually got me connected through Monster, and I've been doing Monster for five years now. I started in 2013, and since then, I've just been growing and growing and growing. Well, and and Monster obviously has been a huge part of Supercross for years, and one of the questions I've got, first of all, I want to tell you, one of our listeners who's become a buddy of mine, and he's involved in a group text that we have for Fantasy Motocross, for like the last couple weeks or months, every once in a while, he'll send a text and say, hey, if you can get Kelly Cleland on, you'd be my hero. And and like he sent that like two or three times, and I finally like, all right, I'm going to send her a message on Instagram, and you answered almost immediately. I don't know if you know how many creepers are out there, but I could have been one. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, he sent me a couple questions for you. And, um, you know, one of those, now I just lost my train of thought, but well, it was about, <laughs> about Miss Supercross. You know, they did away with that position. Um, that was a big part of the, the series for a long time. Diana was part of it. Juliana was part of it. Is that something that you're disappointed that they did away with? Or does that really even matter to you guys or you ladies? has no impact on us okay miss supercross has nothing to do with the monster girls she doesn't 
come around in the pits with us. It's something totally separate. So it actually had no impact on us. I did not know that. See, not either. Okay. Yes. So, well, in that case, well, since now I feel dumb because I didn't know any better, but what is the best part of being a monster girl? I love traveling and interacting with so many different people because every city has their own group of people, different clientele that comes by, and it's just fun. You see everyone so happy to be there and just all that energy, and it's really worth being there. That's, worth it. that's interesting because you know usually when we talk to people the the riders whatever like the that's their least favorite part is the travel you know no and i don't get to do it very much unfortunately i only made three super crosses this year and one was dallas and one was houston but like i love being at the airport i love traveling i love looking at the different people and wondering where they're going and like i just i find it and then I love going to other cities and trying to find like the cool place to eat or whatever. That's like the best part of motocross yeah. to me is I traveling. I love, yeah. love it. I yeah. love the different stadiums. I love the different cities. Now airports, I could do without the airports. <laughs> I've gone through so many different securities. Yeah. And I think the process of boarding and deboarding a plane needs to be reevaluated. I definitely agree with that. <laughs> I can see that. For, I, and again, I don't have to do it enough that it really has bothered me too much because I'm just excited to get to go to a supercross in general you know if i get to get on a plane and go somewhere it's a vacation for me it's not you know i don't get to do it very much but so okay how about what's the worst part and i've got an idea of what you're gonna say but what's the worst part of being a monster girl uh i don't know there's a lot of drama involved what, with the other ladies or yeah the the, the, yes. gro- the gropey fans its own version of gropey fans there's definitely some cities that are worse than others i would say that there have been times where securities had to come in and escort people out because they're just too much for us to handle yeah that's not really the bright side of it and then again the drama that's held within the monster girl rig is out of control (laughs) i could do without that too that's yeah i'm not surprised by that to be honest but how about shooting the uh the t-shirt gun how how awesome is that that's a lot of fun. <laughs> Just getting the crowd amped up is really fun. This year, we've had four girls at every round do the fire guns, the yeah. flame guns. I love that. All the rounds, well, most of them, have been freezing cold. <laughs> I look for that flame gun. Like, there's no tomorrow. I'm like, Just give me some heat. Just give me some heat, right. please. They got to pack an extra bottle when you're in charge of the flame gun, huh? <laughs> Yeah, I could hold that all night long. Just put me on the flame gun. I'll entertain them with the flames and just heat me up. What, do you, did they give you any training on that, or they just hand you the thing and say, pull the trigger? No, we are trained on it. We have to sign a waiver, liability waiver. <laughs> We're trained on how to start it, how to turn it off, all that good stuff. Yeah, that thing is pretty sketchy. When I see it on TV, I'm like, man, that could do some damage if, you know, if somebody if walked by at the wrong time. Yes, we've definitely had some tough blocks to get set up in flames. <laughs> That's awesome. I never got to see that on TV. That would be cool if they showed that. <laughs> so, it wasn't me, though. It wasn't me. Right, right. <laughs> well, and I was looking at your resume you sent me. Uh, your education, you're obviously a very intelligent lady. Uh, man, you had a, a GPA of 3.9 at Cal Poly, Pomona, California, and then a 4.0 at the University of Houston. What were What were you majoring in? I'm a nerd. I really am. I, I don't drink. I don't party. I sit down and do my homework, and I'm a party pooper. But I'm going <laughs> to get a great education. 
I'm majoring in hotel management. I'm actually expected to graduate in December. I was told as a little kid, if I graduated school with all A's, as a graduation present, I could be sent to Bora Bora. And that was like my dream vacation spot. And I was probably told that when I was maybe four. Yeah. I'll never forget that. You're I've hold been wanting to, to go since that day, and that is my drive. I'm like, I'm going to get an A. The only reason it's a 3.9 now is because Cal Poly Pomona does an A, A minus scale. So if oh. you get a 94 or lower, it's an A minus, and it doesn't count as a 4.0. So I've gotten all A's through college, right. I've gotten all A's through high school. My A minus came from an art history class that I was. Not too excited about, <laughs> but hey, I, you can't win them all. But no, that's, along, so. that's still pretty damn impressive. And Very. the fact that you knew where Bora Bora was at four years old, I, I mean, that's that's something. All right, oh, bungalows. So, oh, I need to I need to be in a bungalow over the water. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I mean, the off season for the riders is pretty short, but you know, we haven't talked about yet that you are also the girlfriend of Weston Pike, but maybe. Uh, Maybe Weston needs to get you over there, you know, when outdoors finishes. That would be really nice. I don't think that's on his agenda anytime soon of going to Bora Bora. Right. So that's okay. I'll, just, I'll go by, by, by myself and have a time in my life. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure that if my chick took off to Bora Bora, I'm going to find a way to go. Yeah, I was going to say, if he hears this, yeah. he might change yeah. his plans. <laughs> I mean, like, if you decided to go to Bora Bora this weekend, I'm missing Hangtown. My chick's not going to Bora Bora by herself. Well, I'll actually be in Hangtown this weekend, so. Well, let's let's talk about that a little bit. So, you know, most during Supercross, you uh, you have your duties as a Monster Girl. You probably don't have a lot of time to focus on, you know, what Weston is doing. Or, but I'm sure you're watching, and he's ha- he had some pretty big crashes like at um, Atlanta this year. Are you aware that's of that happening while it's happening, or are you too busy doing your own what you have to do? So in Atlanta, actually, I didn't have any idea what was going on, and I had to use the restroom, and I went back in our semi-truck to use the restroom, and I checked my phone, and when I saw I had 30-some text messages, I was like, "Uh uh-oh, this is not good from his family, my family, and as soon as I got word that he had fallen, I was like, all right, I'm out of here, and I ran over the JGR truck to see if he was okay. Yeah. He was laying down in a lot of pain, and after he got up and was better, I was like, okay, i got to go back to work. But that was in Phoenix last year, too. He had yeah. crashed really bad in Phoenix. That's where he got out for the season. That, his practice mechanic was there at the race. He ran over to me and was like, hey, I don't know if you need to know this or not, but Weston's in the ambulance on his way to the hospital right now. <laughs> I was like, what? I left right then and there. I was like, you take me there now. I went in my outfit. I left. I went to the hospital. And we stayed three days in the trauma center in Arizona. Mm. And I was like, we, I was like, we need to get him out of here by Tuesday because I have midterms on Wednesday. <laughs> I was like, I can't miss them. Right. I stayed up in that hospital. I was like, Weston, I know you're in excruciating pain and pissed off, but I'm reading you my homework. I have to study. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would think that's pretty nerve-wracking. You know, we, we race as amateurs and our, our fiancé, my fiancé, or, you know, what are girlfriends, moms in the past come, and it's a pretty nerve-wracking thing to be sitting by the side, and, and you, you were with them almost every weekend. You know, and I would think that that take its toll as you're trying to do your job, but you really want to pay attention to what he's doing. Probably not easy, but with outdoors, you can go and, and probably be a bigger part of it. Yes. Yeah, so for Supercross, it's really, it's actually pretty nice. It's convenient because we're down there on the track. 
Like, I'm basically getting paid to watch them at nighttime. It's nice to be a part of the night show. Mm-hmm. I do my boards, and then while they're racing, we're not doing anything, so we can stand there and watch, and I sure do. I make sure I know who's in front and who's behind. If that person comes out in front of a turn and Weston's not right there, I'm counting helmets. I'm looking for him. I'm yeah. all over the place. But during the day, I don't have any idea for practice. I just rely on my phone. And sometimes in the pits, we have a screen to see practice, and yep. I like to watch it. And then for outdoors, I say, Supercross, I get paid to be there. Outdoors, I really should get paid to be there because I'm less than slave during outdoors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think, didn't you do some stuff in the pits with JGR this year? No, I didn't do anything. Okay. Well, I mean, I did do a photo shoot, but that was for the photographer Brown Dog, and we used Weston's bike, Plessinger's bike. Okay. I was running around. Well, I knew there were some girls that they had doing the, the Toyota truck stuff, and I thought that a couple of the girls doing that at St. Louis were the Monster Girls, but but I apparently I was wrong. So, yeah, Weston is one of our favorite riders. Uh, he actually was on our show the Tuesday after the, the big Atlanta crash, so that was pretty interesting. Oh, he actually told me that the other day. I told him I was going on the show, and he goes, "Oh, I did that one this year." And I was like, "You did?" Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, we, you know, he he wears the All Sport Dynamic braces, and I'm actually a vendor, a rep for those guys. They're not far; they're from Nacogdoches, and uh, I, I was able to to meet Weston at uh, Houston this year, and kind of introduce myself. And then at Dallas, I talked to him, and I was like, "Hey, man, you know, I'd like to get you on the show, and can I get your number?" And I could tell he was. He wasn't real sure because he didn't know me, and I understood that. And I said, "Man, dude, I, I don't ever share phone numbers." And yeah, it, it went good. He's he's a good dude, you know. He's kind of intimidating, and uh, he's. One, I get that all the time. Yeah, you know, mainly I get that because we're we're big Pulp MX fans here. We listen to Steve Mathis all the time, and and they have that love hate relationship. And and you know, and Weston's kind of the he's the bigger guy, and yeah, he, he I was I was definitely nervous walking into the JGR trip truck to introduce myself. And I'm usually not nervous meeting these guys, but I was intimidated by him. Well, let's get back to you because this is about you, not Weston. Um, so I've got a couple more questions here from my buddy, Mark Winder. Um, besides Weston, who's your favorite 450 rider and who's your favorite 250 rider? 250 Eric Plessinger. Okay. I really enjoy watching him. I think just too, cause like, I see him out here in California. I used to see him at the Yamaha practice tracks. Our dogs have had to go on a few play dates before, so he's got a really cute dog. I'm a dog lover for anyone who's got dogs. That's that's the key right there. I'm with you on that one, yeah. I'm sold. (laughs) And then 450, it was Ryan Dungey. I had to go for him. I mean, he's been around with my family for such a long time, but now that he's gone, I really like watching Kenny, but he obviously keeps getting hurt. Poor right. guy. I feel bad for him. I I like I have to root for Weston. Um, sure, yeah, yeah. We, we don't wouldn't expect you to do anything else, but behind Weston, who would be next? I, I'm trying to think right now for outdoors who I would cheer for besides Weston. Um, what about ooh. his teammate, Filthy Phil? He's going to be riding 450 a little bit this year, I think. This is true. I I would have to cheer for Phil. Phil is a character. Yes, he I'll is. I'll go with that. I'll go for Phil. Okay. Hey, that's, there's nothing. I like Phil. He, uh, he, he. I, I said something to him at Houston, and he kind of blew me off a little bit, but that's okay. So. <laughs> you didn't get you your Phil and Tart. He's actually. Everyone in my phone has code names, and he's the Grinch in my phone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's great. 
<laughs> All right, I'm going to ask you a couple more of these questions from Mark. Um, beside, uh, do the other moto wives and girlfriends treat you differently because of your position at Monster? I really don't know many of the moto wives because I'm either working with the pits and I don't have time to like go socialize with the other wives and with the other girls. But for outdoors, no. I usually actually watch with Mac, um, Phil's girlfriend, and then Amber, Justin Barsha's fiance, she's sweetheart, and we're planning on cheering the boys on at Hangtown together. Awesome. Awesome. That's really cool. Um, all right. So I got one last question here um, from Mark. Has Monster ever offered you an opportunity to work a NASCAR race? Yes, I did work Phoenix NASCAR in 2017. I think it was November, maybe. Towards the very end of their season, I worked a NASCAR race. And... Otherwise, I've been on the Supercross circuit. I'm not sure if they'll ask me to do any this summer. I might go out to North Carolina with Weston while he's at JGR. Mm -hmm. While I'm in North Carolina, they might send me to a few since a lot of them are East Coast races. Right. Otherwise, I typically go on the Moto America circuit in the summer. So I don't know if I'll be back at NASCAR or not. Okay. I actually don't know a thing about NASCAR. <laughs> <laughs> well, so when you've been there, I mean, do you like the event? You said you, you did Phoenix. Did you like the, 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 the aura surrounding the event? I liked it. I liked it a lot. It was really different because yeah. I've never done it before. It was nice to go to somewhere new. I really enjoyed the experience. And it's so loud you can't talk or anything. Right. So you're just in your little bubble smiling all day <laughs> and it's perfect. Yeah. Speaking of that, that 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 is kind of a it's kinda sometimes it's a little awkward when you when you ladies are behind for the podium speech and you just have to stand there and smile. It how difficult is that to stand to sit there and smile when a rider is going on and on and on on live TV? It really depends. The worst is when you have to yawn and you're like, oh gosh, I have to yawn, I have to yawn, but I can't make it look oh, right? like I'm yawning. Yeah. I, <laughs> but, I, but it's really not bad. But I, I still, you know, as a guy, I have no idea what you ladies have to go through, but it, it I know it's not just as easy as, you know, oh, they just stand there. I mean, it, there's a lot to it. There's a, like you said, there's probably a lot of drama. There's, yeah. you know, I, I'm sure they keep you very busy. Monster has you all over, whether it be out in the pit party, you, whether it be holding the 32nd board or holding the, the moto board, walking across the track with a moto board and trying not to fall in your heels. I mean, yeah, I, it, I, I'm sure that you guys have plenty of stress and you guys do a great job. And yeah, I'm, I'm glad you, I'm glad the monster girls are there. Yeah. Definitely do it with a smile on their yeah. face. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. So, and I guess my last question, or well, I have two more. Um, what What are your plans for the future? Once you graduate, um, you know, do you want to stick with Monster for the foreseeable future, or do you want to do something with your degree? I plan on graduating in December and going on and doing something in the hotel industry. Okay. I would absolutely love to work for Walt Disney. So I think I'm either going to eventually make my way towards Orlando nice. or I'd love to do something for the Ritz-Carlton. Well, maybe you can be my hookup when Star Wars Land opens at, at, at Disney World because I've never been and I don't really want to go, but because Star You've Wars... You've never La been? No. I, I know. just went this weekend. I well, I know. I saw that. Day. I saw that. We we you te we talked talked about that in our text that you were going, and I'm I'm a little jealous. I, I got to go to Disneyland as a young kid, and I don't remember. And then I think maybe when I was about ten years old, we moved back. My dad oh, was no. in the military, and we moved back from Hawaii, and we took my sister, who was like one at the time. 
So, yeah, and I've never been to Disney World, only Disneyland. Oh, my goodness. No, no, there's no comparison. I've been 24 times to Disney World. That's not fair. My mom mom and I had two days this weekend to literally get everything we wanted done. And let me tell you something. We did it. We knew exactly where we wanted to go, when we were going. We got the new Avatar ride in. We did everything. So if you need a tour guide, I'm I'm coming with you. Right on. Do you know Brittany Chisholm at all? No, I don't okay. know. Well, Br- I know her name, but I know of her, well, but yeah, I don't know her. Kyle Chisholm's wife, obviously, and, and I'm, I'm decent friends with them. And Brittany, is the same. she's a huge, and they live right there, so they go, like, like they post pictures, it seems like, weekly. She's taking Haven to Disney World, and, yeah, it's not fair. So, yeah, if you get a job doing that in the future, I, I may have to try to get the hookup to get in to see Star Wars land. There you go. That's all I want to do, really, is just see the Star Wars stuff, because I'm a nerd, too. Just a different kind of nerd. Well, you better get there really early in the morning and as soon as possible, because that's going to be so crowded. <laughs> yeah, it'd probably be a few years. I'll have to let it die yeah. down a little bit. But, uh, okay, so my last question is, um, uh, have you ever had a run-in with any fangirls uh, kind of pining over Weston? Uh, I don't even think. I don't... I mean, it's nice that we're both in the industry because I get it when people want to take pictures with him and people want to take pictures with me. And what's funny is when we're together and people get so excited and they run up to us and then they're like, can I have a picture with Kelly? And (laughs) you see his face like, are you freaking kidding me right now? (laughs) That's good stuff. You don't know who I am? It's hilarious. I've never had a problem. I just laugh at it. I I think it's so cute when the little kids get so excited to come take pictures. I don't know. It's cute. Well, that's really cool. Kelly, I, I greatly appreciate you answering my uh, my request on Instagram and coming on and trusting us with your time. Uh, it was a lot of fun, and we, we really enjoy getting to see a different side of the sport, you know, and, and your, your perspective of it. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. You got lucky on the messages. I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, hey, I, you know, honest. I, I feel lucky because I, I feel like a lot of people that are um, – What's the word I'm looking for? Not necessarily famous, but I mean, well-known and they don't probably look at their direct messages because I'm assuming you get lots and lots and lots and lots of messages. I do. And half of them I don't even bother looking at. So well, yeah, I feel, feel bad, but I feel very fortunate. So, Hey, would you do me a favor real quick and just say hi to Mark Winder? Hi to Mark. Who, what was w- Winder. He's the one that we requested you. Winder? Yeah. Mark Winder. Mark Winder. Hi, Mark Winder. I'm sorry. He'll be thrilled, and I, I do appreciate it. It was very kind of you to come on, and, and thank you very much. Thank you, and, and hi to him. Big hi. Give him some hugs. If he's got a dog, okay. give a dog a kiss for me. <laughs> All right, well, hey, we'll, we'll, I'll let him know, and he'll, I'm sure he'll listen tomorrow when this posts. And uh, Hey, thanks again, and you guys have a great weekend, and tell Weston good luck this weekend. Thank you so much. Have a good night. You, you too. too. Thank you. Bye-bye. Right, bye. That's pretty good. That was a little different, huh? Yeah, it was. Yeah, that was I, good. I like to try to do that yeah. every once in a while. I know, you, yeah. you know we've done some live shows. It's just, I think it's cool to yeah, get It is. To see a different side yeah. of everything, for sure. Okay, guys. Um, one more little break, and we'll be back with Don Bichelia.
Shock Socks, the original and number one 10 second removable fork seal protector. Uh, man, if you guys don't like changing fork seals, you got to check out Shock Socks at burrmotorsports.com and they proudly bring Don Bichelia. Don, how are you tonight? Good. How are you guys doing? We're doing good. Uh, doing we're great. just uh, sitting here talking a little moto. But the outdoors about to kick off and yeah, you, you, uh, you're an extremely fast vet rider. I see you at a lot of a lot of our local tracks. You won some state championships. Tell us a little bit about your history with getting involved with motocross. Well, uh, I started riding when I was real young, and uh, always loved motocross. I never never got to race until I could drive myself until I was sixteen or seventeen. But uh, started racing when I when I could and did everything I could, and I. I, uh, I rode pro for quite a few years, and I rode some nationals and whatever I could afford. I never got any help, but and uh, just love riding and just try to do everything I could. And I still still love it, you know. I can't can't give it up. No, I, I see you at the tracks periodically. I mean, this time of year uh, here in our area in Texas, I mean, it just gets brutal to turn moto after moto, and you're running three, four classes, and I'm just looking at you thinking. Uh, Don, damn Don. <laughs> but hats off to you, man. I mean, you put in so much every weekend when you're when you're at the track. Cause uh, I, I'm, I'm a vet rider also, and uh, but it's uh, you put in a lot of work, and it's awesome to see. Yeah, I I like I love doing it. You know, I mean, I I try to try to do what I can during the week too. You know, I like to try and stay in shape. And uh, that was going to be a, like another that. question for you. I, I, Putting in what we've got to put in, just being vet riders, families, and, and homes, and things like that. What is your what's your weekly? I mean, what what do you look at doing that helps get you through that weekend when you're sitting there running, uh, you know, six eight motos every weekend? Is there like a running routine? I mean, just what do you do to keep um, I, up with it? I can't really run. I, I have bad hips, but uh, I try to ride a bicycle. Sometimes I'll I'll jog a little bit, but I try to ride the bicycle road bike. Uh, couple days a week at least and i try to ride the motorcycle at least one day a week if i can sometimes it doesn't work but uh now that you know i want my kids my son he's he's grown up and and uh i have definitely more time to do a little bit for myself so i, I get a little bit more time uh just i don't know trying it's easier to keep it once you get to that level your endurance to keep it at that level than it is to get there yeah for sure so it's, uh i try to stay at that level i try not to get hurt if i can you know the older you get, the harder it is to get back to that level again. 
So right. try to stay there if I can. So, yeah, this last year uh, was my first year going to Glen Helen for the Vet Nationals. And uh, you were out there, but we ended up having a freaking monsoon. And, yeah. you, ch- and you chose not to come. Um, I, I was I was texting with uh, Maddie. For those that don't know, Don Bichelia is the father of Matt Bichelia. Um I was hoping to see you ride those hills because, honestly, that's the first time I've ever been to Glen Helen, and they scared the shit out of me. Yeah. I actually did ride Saturday. Right. Um, but I didn't ride Sunday. It was pretty wet, and uh, I grew up in Oregon, so I didn't, I didn't, I've been in the wet before. I don't, I'm over that now. <laughs> I understand. Uh, yeah. But that, that Saturday was good. It's usually pretty fun. You know, I had fun Saturday, and I wish Sunday would have held out a little bit better, but, uh, that's the way it goes, I guess. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, they say it hardly ever rains in California. Of course, the one time I go to Glen Helen, it floods. Yeah, but yeah, it rains when you when you don't want it to. Yeah, I mean, I did get to ride Saturday too. I rode one of Rich Taylor's bikes and got to try it out. And yeah, that, I don't, I don't see how those guys go down that hill so fast because I felt like I was on both brakes and gaining speed. Yeah, the the hills are pretty gnarly. Definitely pretty steep. Yeah, you get pretty rough. Especially at the end of the day, they got pretty rough mm. on Saturday. So Glen Helen's definitely a track. Of, oh, it's it's a beast of its all, itself, you know. And, yeah. and the guys that that ride it a lot get pretty good there. And it's, it's definitely a motocross track. It's not not about who can just leave a pin the longest into a corner because it's it's rough, nasty. Yes, yeah. It takes a lot of technique, a lot of skill for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. So yeah. you do most of your racing here in Texas. What what is your favorite track to go to? Oh, I used to love love Whitney when they raced uh, Lake Whitney. Um, and then Underground was really good, and they mm-hmm. haven't they've sold it out and kind of haven't been doing much racing there. Um, I do like Freestone. It's it usually gets you know ruddy and a little bit rougher. I like most of the tracks that get that get ruddy and rougher. I used to like Cycle Ranch, but they haven't been going too much either. I did hit it. Somebody bought them out or or just starting to ride there again. So. Um, I like Cycle Ranch. I like uh, Freestone. Yeah. Um, Swan's pretty good. You know, it can be good. I, I, I like it when they, when it, he doesn't seem to ever get enough water on it, but it's nice if, if it rains. Yeah, yeah. If it rains a few before, or, or uh, you know, if it's a nice cool day, it, it stays a little bit moister. Uh, Swan can be fun. Um, I, I like most of the tracks around here, really. You know, yeah. we have good dirt. We're blessed with good dirt. We're Agreed. I'm from Oregon. Up by Washougal, you know, I used to work at Washougal, and it's just clay and rocks, and, you know, the tracks up in the northwest are all rocky and clay, and just Texas is really blessed with with good dirt. We don't have the hills that we had up there, but we have the dirt, so. Yeah, yes, sir. So and we have water, usually, so. Right. As Matt was growing up, at what point did you realize, you know, he, he could be something? You know, I don't know. We we didn't move down here for him. Uh, I hated Oregon. It rained all the time. It wasn't really for motocross. It was more for state of mind and mental. But uh, when we moved down here, you know, he was here about a year, and things just clicked for him. And he actually won his first title at, at Lake Whitney uh, after about a year that we've been here. And uh, and then he won the won the next week at at uh, Oak Hill at Third National Spring National. Right. That was about it. That that I, I figured I knew he could do something, and you know he excelled from there. He just I don't know. Just at that time, there was so much competition down here. 
you know, with the Pro Circuit series, and you know, there was series all the all along, and there were just people from Houston and coming down from Oklahoma, and a lot of fast kids for him to ride with, and uh, you know, we was practicing him and Brad Frace for best friends, so they were practicing together, and and uh, everything just worked out. He just just really excelled once we got down here. Well, and like we we've been talking about, you're you're an extremely talented rider. I mean, you know, you you hold your own. How much did you teach uh, Matt, or did he kind of did he take lessons from somebody else? Because sometimes you know it's hard to well, listen to your dad. He he, uh, I worked with him when he was young, and uh, I always kept him on the track. He was he was pretty natural. He did work with Trampas Parker, and Trampas was just an excellent coach. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? he's great. Trampas was, or Matt, got to a point where it was better. He didn't want to listen to his dad too much, and, right. and Trampas fit right into what I, my, the way I taught Matt, you know, my my beliefs, I guess, and Trampas was one of those hard-working guys. He wasn't one of those kids that was just so naturally talented he could screw off all week. He was one of those guys that had to work hard, and uh, and that's, uh, you know, when we, we got with him, that's what he did with his kids. Is the, the kids, they just had to work hard, and Matt was willing to work hard, and, and uh, you know, Trampas was good about uh, making him push. I mean, we didn't, he didn't really change Matt's style. Matt always had a good, he was fast when we met him, mm-hmm. Matt Trampas, and then Trampas just pushed him, pushed him where he needed to be, you know. Right. And, uh, yeah. Trampas had a lot of connections, too, but Matt really excelled with Trampas. They got along, and he respected them, looked up to them, and, and everything worked out good. Yeah, I really feel like you know that Matt just hasn't he hasn't had the break he need. Well, he he gets he he gets the opportunity, and then something unfortunately there's an injury. He just hasn't had what he you know the the luck really. He's really had some bad luck, and I I know he's extremely talented. And this year on the Nut Up team, I, I think there probably was some um, managerial issues. Maybe we'll say I don't know what the best way to word you know. Yeah. Unfortunately, it probably wasn't the best opportunity for him. Um, I, I really hope that something opens up. I don't know what his plans are for outdoors. I haven't talked to him in a, in a couple months. Um, and I just hope something opens up for him because he's such a good guy. He's so nice and great attitude. And, you know, I know he's been a little, he's been disappointed. And he has every right to be with the injuries. But overall, he's just a great guy. And I, I think he has something for the sport, he has something to offer. Yeah, I I really do too. Uh, you know, I love the kid. He, he's a real good kid. He's got a good heart, and he's had terrible luck since he's turned pro. I mean, the last three years he's been nothing but hurt. Yeah. And uh, I think the first year he was just learning. You know, it was just a learning, and then he started getting hurt, and he can't. He's never been that way. He just seemed to can't can't catch a break. You know, it's he breaks here, gets hurt, and just starts riding and. And uh, I, I think he can do some if he can stay healthy. If he can get, but the you know the problem now is, it's just there's very little support, and you're only as good as your last race. There's yeah. always some young kid that wants to take your spot, so he's he's fighting right now to get to get on anything he can right now to ride the outdoors and prove himself again. Right, right. The yeah. up team was a mess. It was a real mess. The bikes were basically pretty much stock Suzukis, which are not good to start with. Yeah, that's that's something we hear a lot with all the tests, the the bike tests and shootouts. That yeah, the Suzuki of all the bikes was probably the the least favorable. And yeah, yeah, I was you know I I don't know the ins and outs of that the way that team worked, but it didn't sound like just right off the bat, it didn't sound like it was probably the best 
I don't know what the, I don't I don't uh, wanna, I don't know how to say it without being real ugly. It just yeah, I know I know what you say it, it wasn't good. It was it was all Matt had at the time. That's yeah. all he could come up with, and they they made some promises to him. Suzuki made some promises to him, and then the team did too. Watson and a bunch of guys, and, and no one ever fell through with came through with really any of it, you know. Yeah, and I hate that. You know, Kenny Kenny's been real good to us as a show, and, and but he's been pretty silent since the team started. He went on Pulp MX yeah. in the beginning and said, "Hey, that we're doing this team," and then you know, unfortunately, we didn't hear from him again. And and I don't, you know, I'm not saying anything bad about Kenny. I, again, I don't know the details. I just know that yeah. I was very disappointed in. You know, Josh would never really rode much during the year, and unfortunately, Matt yeah. had some showings, and then you know he got hurt, and that just it sucks. Yeah, yeah, it was a tough situation for Matt, and yeah, I don't, I don't know much about the team, but I think Josh was pretty much in charge. Right, it was basically his team, and and things just didn't work out like they, you know, like like we had hoped or like they had said. So, right. and then, and on, unfortunately, that's fairly common in this industry it yeah. seems like you know it's oh it's a it's definitely a tough industry there's not a lot of money and, right. and they got to spread it pretty thin it's, you know to get to all the races and get the riders and it's just tough nowadays with the the economy and you yeah. know the, i truthfully think that ama and mx sports and and uh feld have not done anything but take all they can take out of the sport and they haven't put nothing back into the professional effort you know and the riders don't have can he say so in it? I mean, maybe I'm saying too much, but uh, the writers don't <laughs> no. have any say so in it, any of it, and uh, I think Feld and anyone they're just taking all they can and not putting yeah. nothing back. Well, I, I don't think you're. Yeah, you're not talking out of turn. That's a pretty hot topic. That's something that Steve Mathis talks about a lot. Is you know there there's been discussions of maybe there should be a writers union, but there's so many chiefs and not enough Indians. When you yeah. have you have the OEMs, you have the team owners. Yeah. You know, you have the writers, you you have Feld, you have AMA, you now you have FIM, you know, sticking their foot yeah. in. You know, it's somehow the sport for in order for it to grow, they have to look out for everybody and I don't know how yeah. you do that, unfortunately. Well, I think I think the writers I mean, the only real way right now I think is the writers need a union and they need to get enough of the top writers involved in it to where they can say have a say so if something's right. wrong with the races say hey we're not going to race until you fix this and and then you know without the, those riders they won't have a show well and unfortunately so though those top to... riders probably aren't going to step up because they're making the biggest part well, of the money a lot of them a lot of them won't and a lot of them are afraid to yeah. um a lot of them but they got to get some backbone and, and and think think of the future I mean, they really do. They need to get enough of them together to where it's not just one guy saying, "Okay, I'm not going to ride." They need right. enough riders to say, "Okay, that that they're not going to get picked on. That they're going to have to make some changes, or they're not going to have a show." Yeah, that's, I agree. That's I, the problem is they don't have enough to get enough riders. And and I've heard of a lot of stuff. You know, I mean, sure. McGrath and Wyndham. I actually talked to Kevin Wyndham about. You know, he was interested in it when Matt was on back. I told him, you know, that man, if there's anything I could do. I would love to help you, and he just said that the, he could. I don't know how far he pursued it, but he said he couldn't get enough riders interested in it. You know, top yeah. riders. I, I mean, know. that's where it's got to start. I mean, yeah, it's got to start from the top riders. No, you're you know? 100 right. Hey, let, uh, just to change speeds a little bit. Um, Matt's friend Ryan Bailey. He's a friend of ours. He's a, a mechanic. Uh-huh. Um, he's buddies with you. So I he's asked... actually my friend. Yeah, he he was my friend before Matt. So oh, I, really? <laughs> yeah, I I knew Ryan from. 
he was out in California. A, a good friend of mine, Willie Surratt, hired him. Oh yeah. Uh, to be Ryan's mechanic, Ryan Surratt's mechanic, and that's basically where I met him. Because I was staying out there when Matt was on Geico. I, Willie's one of my best friends, and I stayed with Willie. Oh, cool. You know, so Ryan was there, and uh, we kind of got to know each other and, and had some fun. And, uh, you know, I just liked Ryan, and I think he liked me. And I actually talked to him the other day. Uh, and, you know, I, it just <laughs> he's a pretty good guy. And then when Matt Matt was on the Suzuki team, we, he needed to find a mechanic, and I, I got Ryan. Yeah, you know Ryan wasn't working for anybody at the time, and he became math mechanic. And him and Matt are good friends; they would live together for a long time. And right, right. Well, yeah, I, uh, I think I, when I was out in California last summer, uh, like around June or so, that Ryan was staying with Matt, and mm-hmm. yeah, we I, I didn't get a chance to get over there. I hadn't met actually met Matt in person yet at that time, and I, I really wanted to get. They were at El- Elsinore, I think, and couldn't ever yeah. make it over there, but. Ryan's a good dude, and we had him on, and uh, or when we had Matt on, actually, he was telling us that you and Ryan are like, as buddies are, you just you know back and forth, busting balls, yeah. and um, yeah. so I texted Ryan and asked him if he had any funny stories, and he said he just said to ask you how much you like spec tires. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're pretty good. <laughs> yeah, he said I don't want to get anybody in trouble, but ask him how much he likes spec tires. So yeah. he would. Uh... I would definitely test them out once in a while. Right, I bet. That's pretty I cool. They didn't want us racing on them or anything, but yeah. I, I wasn't afraid to try them once in a while either, you know. And Ryan, he called me out on it. You know, we joke around about it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I never raced with them, but I, I definitely tried them, and I, I actually tried to help Matt test test them for Matt a little bit, front tires and stuff, to tell him which I liked better, too, you know. Yeah. So let's, let's just go with that, that I was testing that's, for Matt. There you go. That's pretty cool, though. That's, I mean, hey, it's – you know, you're you're in a little bit. You get to do some of that. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, it's pretty neat. It really is. It's it's, it's been a dream when I was younger to, to sure. ride a fact bike and, and be like that. And I, I'm not racing or anything, but I I do have some access to them now. That you know, I've ridden ridden a couple of the good bikes. Guy could let me test, you know ride a few, just not race them, but ride right, them. Right, right, yeah. And uh, you know, I got to ride some of Matt's bikes and Suzuki bikes, and that's cool. Uh, I did ride one of Larocco's bikes a few years ago, one of his old two-strokes that he oh, won a neat. title on. How was that? Uh, it was pretty neat. Uh, it was, it was, uh, I think it was 1999. I, I was friends with uh, Ziggy, uh, Rick Ziegfelder at, at, at uh, in the, the company. That's I kind of knew Larocco and Rick before before Matt even got on Geico, and and. Uh, I got to I got to ride one of Larocco's bikes. Motocross Action did a test on it, and I got to ride it that same day when they tested Larocco's Supercross bike. And I think it was '99, and yeah. I still have the article that, my, that Motocross Action wrote on it. Me and uh, Tim Olson actually did the the riding part of it. Oh, really? For the for the test. So I knew I know Jody Wells fairly well. Jody Wells, yeah, fairly well. Uh, what a cool story. And, so yeah, it was pretty neat. We got to ride a supercross bike. It wasn't on a supercross track, but still got to ride <laughs> so the it. suspension was pretty pretty stiff. But we got to feel the motor and the brakes and all that stuff. You know, it was pretty it was pretty cool. Something I'll never forget. Absolutely. Definitely. Yeah. So hey, before we wrap this up, um, outdoor starts at Hangtown this weekend. Wh- what are your expectations? You know, give me give me your top three in the uh, 450 class. Well, I think Tomac's going to be tough. Uh, he's he he is a good guy, and I love his family. Um, we've known him. We were in Geico with them. Uh, I think he's the only guy that can really beat himself. Um, he's kind of proven that that he, if he tries a little too hard, sometimes he'll make a mistake and crash and hurt himself or something. 
that he's got plenty of speed, and sometimes he needs to just back it down. But I think he'll be up there. Uh, I would call him for the win. I think Moustian is is tough. He's going to be steady. You know, he's he's a guy that doesn't make a lot of mistakes. Right. Um, I'd like to see Anderson up there. He's got got some confidence now. Um, he's he's going to be tough. You know, he'll be there. There's a few guys. Peak Pike Weston Pike is is real tough, and I don't think Bogle's up riding up to speed yet. I'm not sure, but I haven't seen him, so he's probably not going to be up. He might be there, but I don't think he'll be no, up. No, he, I think he's going to be coming back in three or four weeks. Yeah, this will be a little while. There's, yeah. there's a few guys, but I would I would count. I don't even know if Roxon is he going to be back? There, he's saying he is, but then some of his social media, he has said that he's really struggling to get full motos in. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I think it's, he's going to be one of those guys that's going to have to race himself back into shape. Yeah. But, Baggett's uh, a guy I'm I'm Baggett? Yeah, that, I think I think he could surprise everybody again. He he's tough. He's a he's a good guy. Blake is a really good guy and his parents are really cool. We hung out with them a little bit. They they knew Chaz Holiday real well. Okay. Jack Holiday. Yeah. They actually stayed out here with them when they whenever they come through, you know, and uh we got to meet Chad uh Blake, Blake and his family and, and hang out with them a little bit. He's he's a good guy. I think he's I think he's. Uh, I haven't really heard if he's healthy. I think he's pretty healthy. So he says he is. I, I would expect him to be right there too. You know. Right. Um, he's definitely a little bit better outdoor rider than he is a supercross rider. Not that he's a bad supercross rider, but he's. You know, he's he's got a little bit better, a little bit stronger, and I would expect him to be there definitely. Yeah, he's I think so. Right now, so. he was coming on strong at the end of Supercross with yes, a couple podiums. So yeah, I'm I'm hoping for big things. I I just want the series to be close. Yeah, I would like to see some good racing and not just a, a one-man show. That would definitely be good to have have some good races this year. Agreed. Well, hey, Don, uh, you know, it's getting late. We don't want to take all your night away from you, um, but yeah. I, I really appreciate you coming on, and, uh, man, I look forward to seeing you at some of the local tracks soon. Well, I appreciate you guys having me. It, it's uh, good to talk to some other motorheads, you know. Yes, sir. Yeah, it's a pleasure, yeah, we, for sure. Well, we'd love to have you on again sometime. Like, I have two other co-hosts that are regular co-hosts. that they, um, Mark and TJ, they, they took jobs out in the oil field a couple weeks ago, and they're they're not here all the time, but they'll be at some of the local races, so I'm sure they'll come up and say hi to you. And hopefully, yeah, I appreciate it. Hopefully I'll, I'll see you at the next Moto Masters. I think that's – Village Creek, up, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. Yeah, I I will try and be there. I'm planning on it. Yeah, I had to miss Oak Hill, but uh, unfortunately, but I'll I'll be at Village. Oh, great! That'll be fun. Cool, Don. Well, hey man, again, thank you for your time, and uh, we appreciate you. All right, appreciate it. Thank you. All right, yes, you have sir. a good night. All right, you too. Bye bye. Well, Shane, well, that's uh, uh, a night of Moto X Pod. What'd you think? Uh, it was awesome for sure. Yeah, well, uh, I appreciate you sitting in, man. I I, you know, appreciate the invite. I mean, it was awesome. You you could have asked as many questions as you want, but it seems like you know when somebody the first time they're they're not yeah really you, just, you get, your, you get lost in in listening yeah because you know, there's so many good stories you know right. especially like uh, uh, with uh, it was Craig Martin at, at the beginning mm-hmm. I mean once he got started you just, yeah he starts let, naming let these go, people yeah. and you're like oh wow okay. we we do that a lot like you know I, I generally try to schedule for about 20 minutes with each person and you get somebody like Dennis Hawthorne who yeah. has unlimited stories yeah. And all of a sudden you're like, oh crap! I'm into the next person's time, and, and you could just you could go for days. And I know really Mark could. and I and TJ have talked about it. we're going to start trying to do some like individual long form yeah. podcasts with some of these guys because yeah, the stories was there's yeah. so much history with guys in Texas and just in general that 
You're right. 20 minutes isn't really enough time. You think when you say, hey, I'll just talk to you guys for 15, 20 minutes, it seems like plenty of oh, time, man. but yeah. it's not. You're like, God, you're, there's going to be a lot of dead time in there. <laughs> yeah, and there's, there's none not. at all. Yeah. All right, guys. So we're, we're wrapping this up. We're, uh, we're going to try to call TJ here in a second. Let's see, he never answered me back, though, so maybe we won't. But um, the last thing, a couple things we all want to talk about is we have a helmet that was donated by Fly. I think I told you guys this. Uh, Kirk Hunter with Extreme Colors is going to paint it. I just dropped that helmet off yesterday. So we're going to have some really cool giveaway, uh, a really cool giveaway coming up with a custom-painted Fly F2 carbon helmet. Uh, so you guys be waiting on that. We need some responses though. You know, some of these contests, we got a lot of the same people responding and, uh, we gave some stuff away on Patreon. I want to hear, hear from you guys. I want to hear what, first of all, I want to hear what kind of content you guys want to have out of us, what more we can do. Let us know what your critique is, but, uh, get involved with us, man. Talk to us. Cause we want to give this helmet away to somebody that really wants it. And, uh, yeah, that's a pretty big deal to us. That's awesome. Yeah. The custom and, painted fly helmet. Yeah. yeah it's that's, pretty that's, cool, that's, man. That's I, cool I have deal. to thank, um, you know, I was very thankful to, I texted or emailed JT mm-hmm. and said, Hey man, I know Fly's not a sponsor of our show, but you guys know how I feel about fly. And we want to do this, uh, custom helmet paint giveaway. And JT was right on, man. Yeah, no problem. We can do that. Sent me a helmet. Like I had it literally the next day, that 24 awesome. hours later, I had a helmet sitting on my, on my doorstep. And I want to thank Kirk Hunter. So you guys go check him out at extreme colors. Let's, let's try calling TJ real quick. Um, and he may not answer, and if not, we'll wrap this up. Because, yeah, I'm ready to go home and have some ice cream. I'm ready to get home and get off this leg. I'll bet you are. Yeah, are you hurting right now? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. It? Well, yeah, we'll try to knock this out. No, it's all good. See if TJ answers. He didn't answer the text, so. Oh. Yeah. Hey, man, you didn't answer my text, but I called you anyway. Uh, what's up? You got me on speakerphone because there's an echo. No, no. It's all good. Doesn't matter. Oh, well, I don't see the text. I'm sorry. Oh, that's cool. So, um, yeah, man, we just wrapped up. We uh, we had w- Western Power Sports Craig Martin. We had yeah. Geico Honda's Chase Sexton, Monster Energy Girl Kelly Cleland, and Maddie B's dad, Don Bichelia. Good show. It was really yeah, good. Yeah, Don. Yeah, yeah, Don was awesome. We just got done with him, and we just thought we'd call you to wrap this thing up. How much longer are you going to be out in West Texas? Another week or two? Yeah, and I would, as of right now, we're probably looking at oh, at least 10 days. Okay, so probably so, not the next show you won't be here, but maybe the one after. I have to quit my job just so I can do the show full-time. No, man, I, I really don't need you. I think I got it. <laughs> just don't listen that. to That's the introduction. But hey, <laughs> you know, this is funny. We, we were working on re-recording the uh, Amsoil pre-recorded commercial. Yeah, and it took you know your your wife Kathy sat in and helped me do the read, and I think it took us about twelve times. Yeah, I gotta get there. It was done. well. I just <laughs> one of us would flub something every time, or and then the, the one time that we got almost all the way through with no mistakes, I realized that I didn't hit record. <laughs> so oh, that is epic. That yeah, is awesome. It was yeah. good times. You would have been laughing. Yeah. So hey, well, before we wrap the show up tonight, I've been I asked Mark earlier and we were asking everybody, give me your top three for Hangtown. Four fifty, two fifty. So I sit around talking with that with our buddy J T. Mm-hmm. And Cooley. When we go to we go to two fifty, yeah, Cooley. Uh, I'm I, I cannot pick the two fifty. We've got some amateurs coming up that a lot of people like weren't expecting to be there. And some of those guys could pull it off 
something crazy out. So I don't think they'll win a championship or any of that stuff. But uh, really and truly, I, I, I'm lost on the 250, which really okay. sucks because I have and I have our what do you call it fantasy yeah. to get last place yeah, yeah. in. So, um, well, do you think? Anyways, do you think Zach Osborne is the favorite? I think Zach Osborne will win the the championship. Mm-hmm. I just don't know about. You know, I think it'll be. I mean, he's what? I mean, he's like forty-seven. He's just so much older than everybody <laughs> in the class. I think he's twenty-eight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, he's uh, not not necessarily older. Uh, honestly. As far as just age, but everything he's been through, I don't think he's gonna. I don't think he's gonna throw it away. Right. You know what I mean? Now he may just get beat. Fortner is gonna be faster than him I, at at times when he gets, you know, his wheels rolling. Sure. Um. Yeah. What's it called? I think you're like I said about those guys coming in. Enzo Lopes. I've been watching this guy and an announcing race that he's been out for a long time. The dude is just blistering fast. Like, fast enough that some of the amateur national stuff, he's running up front after picking his bike up off the ground twice. Mm. But that's the problem he has, is picking his bike up off yeah, the ground. Yeah. Um, and you got guys like March Banks and, and just got kids coming in that are just going to – that are just fast. So well, how about 450s? That, oh, 450s Surprise me. Come easy. on, don't say Eli. Surprise me. Oh, who's going to win Hangtown? Yeah, let's just let's go with Hangtown. Let's not go with the championship. Who's going to win Hangtown? Oh, I mean, Baggett's going 24 and 0. What are you talking All about? Right. <laughs> well, you know I'm a Baggett fan. I actually texted him today. I'm trying to get him on next week, but you won't be here, so maybe I'll push that. No, yeah, that'd be awesome because like every time y'all have had him on, y'all have I've always right. been at work, which may make a better show because it won't have the heavy breathing in the background. <laughs> That's funny. So, so who do you think? Oh, so you back? Okay, so Baggett's going to win. Who's going to get second? I think, ba- I think Baggett's going to win. I think I think Anderson is going to be on the podium for okay. sure. Uh, I yeah. know it's a bit crazy because he's been focused on this, but and when, when I was at Daytona and, and getting to see the guy, the guy walks around like a homeless man. He doesn't <laughs> care about anything. He's not freaked out. He's not right. stressed. He just doesn't care. He's just going to send it. Um, those guys been like four million laps you know and this summer he's been um or, or this before the supercross he's been out in california everybody else in florida the dirt the everything that kind of stuff he'll be on the podium for sure and oh, man you know, i really feel like there's a good chance that tomac is either not going to be on the podium or win hmm. i'm going to go not on the podium okay Hey, I like the surprise. Yeah, I like the that's, that's a good uh, call. going out on a limb a little bit. So I like it. I, I just can't think of who else would be there. Um, maybe James Stewart. That's what I'm going for. Third place. <laughs> James, no, no, really, true. I don't know. It's, it's just gonna. I think it's gonna be a good outdoor season. Yeah. So, um, I say just bring on you know thirty rounds of Supercross. But there you go. That's just me. All right. Well, we're gonna wrap this up, TJ. I'm gonna get this thing posted and uh, try to get my butt home. Yeah, yeah, you got that uh, drive home. Yep. And Shane, yeah. Shane's sitting here. You know, he got injured at Arena Cross, and he's starting to hurt a little bit. So he's probably ready to go home. And get oh, his... yeah. It wasn't a good weekend in well, Vegas. 
Dude, but your your bike looks sick. <laughs> yeah, the bike looked good. Yeah. It, it did. It, it, but, it was the best looking one there, I thought. <laughs> I just, I mean, just the graphics were like, like, like just yeah, the we, design uh, of them. We, can, yeah. you know, we yeah. we love MX Girl, but we can definitely give a shout out to Berm Lords because yeah. we also Shan Garcia is a buddy of ours and one of our sponsors. So yeah, they killed it. Berm, Lord, yes. Berm Lords is doing some great work, also, no doubt. Yes. What um. So yeah, you went out. You went. You took uh, arena cross out with a bang, bro. And I did. That's last, the final one. And that's it. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. So you got a story for the final year of arena cross yeah. that it seems like nobody cares about. That's right. <laughs> pretty much. It's like, yeah, I was at the last one. Yeah, well, it's amateur did, supercross did, now. So <laughs> I know you're gonna get off. Did y'all uh, listen to? We just podcast with Hayes. Not yet. I'm gonna download that tonight. Actually. Dude, you got to. It's, oh, it's speaking legit. of, oh yeah, I will listen to it. Speaking of Weege, who I, I just now remembered how much you love Weege probably more than you love Baggett. Yes. So he was the one. I told you he gave us a shout out on main event, right? Yes. That was pretty yep, great. Yep. And then, um, yep. so I texted him. I was like, hey, man, that was really cool. I appreciate it. And we were kind of going back and forth a little bit. And I said, now I just need you to throw out Dark Side during a national and he said well maybe we can make that one of the word the the word of the day things that's pretty good that'd be pretty good that would be i i, I don't know that i we would be able to contain I myself got, i don't think we're at we, we can't let him do that you have gotten like your head's too big already <laughs> um we've got to contain this somebody somewhere there's no containing the dark online. side yeah, somebody post something negative online about Dark Side. Please just bring his. <laughs> That's his why he wears the bandana. You don't to keep know the, the power. <laughs> he's like he's wearing sheets now on his head. Yeah, it's a, that was pretty good. Yeah, that was TJ, you know your 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 humor is usually pretty crappy. But that was pretty funny. Yeah, you guys, hey, hey, y'all have a safe drive home, and right, um, we're gonna man, we're gonna end on go. that note. We'll, good talking to you, you TJ. It's been a while. Later, dude. Yes, See you, man. All right, guys, that is it. So, yeah, um, again, patreon.com. Check out all our sponsors, All Sport Dynamics, MX Girl, um, Five Star Roofing of Texas, Amsoil, Amsoil. Mad Jack Synthetics. Um, I know right now I'm missing one. Oh, Shock Socks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so anyway, I put all my notes away, so I apologize. But, hey, it was a great show. Shane, I appreciate you sitting in. I enjoyed it, man. Let's wrap Enjoyed this it. thing up and go home, and we are going to give some stuff away next week, so you better listen. Peace. Later.